Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Get your plug fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over depression. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? We're worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government. The leader who is trying to do that is part of that equation. But people wanting that is a much Mm -hmm. bigger part Mm -hmm. of that equation. They are pushing Trump to get more and more extreme. Because the more extreme things he says, the more they, the more they adhere and to him. Yeah. And that's why this is a Republican Party problem. Once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party, the leaders are interchangeable. At this point in the evening, the projected winner of the Iowa caucuses has just started giving his victory speech. There is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. There is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. (laughs) I doubt it. You are fake news. You serious? You cannot be serious! Very fake news. She sounds hideous. Well, she's a guy, so... You suck, fuck you! Jeez! Well, it's not my concern. Let's go, Brandon! Let's go, Brandon. I agree. All right. America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. In five, four, three. I I can't do it. We'll do it live. (laughs) Fuck it. We'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly. The very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. I cannot believe I'm here. I can't believe it. I am working on the theory that this is actually hoax pregnancy of the week. I ridiculed my wife saying it was hoax labor of the week in her case when we went to the hospital a couple times ahead. You're at like, dude. I hoax. bet she wanted to slit your throat. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm, I'm on to you. You're the Jussie Smollett of pregnancies at this point. It's listen, all a bit. Okay, I'm almost 40 weeks pregnant, and yeah. I had Emmeline at 36 weeks and a few days, and I just, I've, I've been, I've had prodromal labor for six weeks. Like, I cannot believe, I cannot believe I'm still pregnant. I've tried everything. I've eaten so many fucking dates. Did I you try the dates. spicy noodles bit? Like I told you. Yes. I, even that, that night I ordered Indian food that was like almost inedibly hot. Yeah. That's what you got to try. And that didn't work. You say, all right. No. Well, I'm sure for like four weeks in a row now, we said there's no way next week is the week. And at this point I'm saying, I'll see you right back here next Sunday. Dude, at that's some all. point they don't let you be pregnant anymore. Okay? <laughs> who are they? What, what, <clears throat> who are they that don't let you be? You're, I looked up the record when we talked the other day, some, some chick went to like, it was over a year of pregnancy. It was some insane. She must have gotten her dates wrong. There's no way. Yeah, it was legit. I looked. Oh I looked it God. up. No, no. I'm, I will not go past forty-one and a half weeks. 
I don't care what kind of intervention I have to have. Everyone shut up about don't it. Don't they allow you? Can't you, aren't you allowed to induce like any time? Isn't that a thing that you can elect to do? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but you know, it's not, I don't want to get induced just because I'm like going to kill everybody. Right. <laughs> Sounds like the socially responsible legit. thing to do at that point. <laughs> anyway. We'll monitor that. As always, it's possible that, uh, you know, we have uh, you, you go into labor on air. We'll see. But uh, that'd be so fun. Breaking news this evening, really earlier this afternoon. Ron DeSantis is out. He has quit the 2024 race and endorsed Donald Trump, making Nikki Haley even more delusionally encouraged to think that she has a shot. We'll discuss that in a moment. Plus, the Fannie Willis scandal is intensifying in Atlanta in a court filing on Friday. There's now some tangible evidence to show that the boyfriend that she hired and paid hundreds of thousands of public dollars to prosecute Trump did indeed purchase vacation accommodations for her airfare, hotel and more. Fannie Willis last week tried the race card or everyone who's coming after me is racist. This week, she has a new excuse, at least in her court filing. That didn't work. I, I guess not. People are at least the court is not necessarily buying it. I can't wait to see your reaction to this because we've not discussed it at all. UFC fighter Sean Strickland rips a rainbow reporter apart after the reporter asks him about an old tweet in which he had some gay critical comments. Hardly. The, in the tweet, you mean? or the, uh, the <clears throat> Yeah, that... it was like spice level two. It, uh, yeah, it was not. <laughs> I think he did get banned or suspended on Twitter for a little while when he originally posted. Seriously? Some of that stuff. I think he did. But it's, uh, yeah, it was not. Super inflammatory. But uh, sports press conferences are almost always worthless cliches. You know, we got to go out there, give 110%. Not this Take one. Take it one game at a time. This is the one where I'm like grabbing popcorn for a, a sports yeah. press conference. It was amazing. Well, finally. I mean, geez. They're, they're so pandery all the time that it's nice to hear somebody be like, I, just, I don't care about this. <laughs> and fuck you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> go fuck yourself. The, uh, the FBI, I didn't have time to read about this, so you'll have to... Uh, You'll have to clue me in on it because I saw the headline and thought, well, that's something that has to be in the show. <laughs> FBI busts a would be transgender Nazi shooter, apparently threatened to go shoot up his workplace, something like that. Yeah. But a trans guy, like biological guy who had attended <clears throat> some kind of white supremacist events or something in the past, they're saying <clears throat> the FBI no. stopped. That, him. That's an incorrect characterization of what's oh. going on, but I'll explain. It. All right. There's a. Uh, New evidence in the January 6th pipe bombing mystery, where the pipe bomb that itself was fake, I should say, because it wasn't really a bombing, but the pipe bomb that was planted, particularly uh, at the DNC in this case, uh, plus the Supreme Court looks poised to undo even more mistaken precedent, and we have plenty of hoax hate. And before we get out of here, tonight's movie review is The Exorcist, so stick around. I promise the AI face swap alone is worth it. Uh, we'll catch up with your super chats as well in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, it will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristiansenmedia.com. Listener support is hugely appreciated and it is what keeps the show operational. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We have show merchandise for sale on the site as well. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Hero Soap Company. Sometimes being a man means doing a little more than what's expected of you. 
Even if that means taking yourself to the end of the line. But every man needs something at the end of the day to remind him that his work's worthwhile. That's why every man should be using Timberline from Hero Soap Company. It's a frosty pine soap where the forest meets the peaks. A woodsy scent with extra menthol for a high altitude cooling effect. Giving your balls the best tingle this way west of Yellowstone. So try Timberline today and treat yourself to the refreshing ball tingling you deserve. <laughs> Timberline from Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company... Not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only can you subscribe and get soap sent straight to your door each month, but of course you can get signature soaps designed by both of us as well. Blonde signature soap oat plus almond is the gentle exfoliation of oatmeal with a premium almond fragrance. Or you can try my two offerings. As you heard, Timberline is a frosty pine experience when the forest meets the peaks. It's a woodsy scent with extra menthol for that high-altitude cooling effect. Old West, the scent of uh, sweet leather and oak barrels as well. Ready to bust open the saloon doors. Or you can try any of Hero Soap's other excellent offerings available in uh, they, in not only bar soap, but a lot of the scents are available in shampoo and conditioner options as well. And you can use promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off all Hero Soap products as well. That's 10% off our signature soaps, Oat Plus Almond, Timberline, and Old West, or any other products from Hero Soap Company. Using promo code MCLISTENER, find everything you need from Hero Soap, plus other great deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Western Razor Company, Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners. For listeners, a couple of housekeeping items before we get into the news. Uh, just so listeners of this show are aware, if you need more listening material, I've had some great guests on my Wednesday show recently, some interviews that I'm pretty proud of. I just want people to be aware of them. Wednesday, I had Jeremy Kappel on. Jeremy Kappel is the weatherman who was fired in 2019 for accidentally saying Martin Luther Kuhn live on air. <laughs> That's I know funny. I can say that word because he said it on Wednesday and we didn't get in trouble for it. <laughs> um, but it was great to catch up with him five years after the fact because that firing changed his entire life. The entire trajectory yeah. of his life of an accomplished award-winning broadcaster because he slipped up once and accidentally said Martin Luther C word in a weather report. Are things going okay? Um, he's had a couple really rough years. And oh. without spoiling, he describes it in his own words. but. It has had massive consequences for him, not just for his professional life, but it actually split up his marriage. What? Yeah. And he says he believes he would still be married were it not for the firing and that controversy. It's a What happened to stand by your man? I didn't want to, you know, I was whatever he was comfortable sharing. I just wanted to leave it at that because he actually you didn't ask him if his wife was a huge bitch. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so if we conduct our interviews differently, but if you, <laughs> if you want, he's pretty responsive. You could ask him that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that, that is available. And then um, after last week's discussion on diversity airlines, I had a couple listeners who are employees of Boeing reach out to me wanting to discuss DEI within the company. I've recorded one of those conversations. I've got another one that I'm going to record later. I'm going to include those conversations as a part of this coming show Wednesday. 
that will be live at nine Eastern on tenant media's YouTube and rumble channels. Or of course you can find them with one click at Matt Christensen media.com or Matt is dot K. He really is. Now I also have a DVT update. I see we're saving lives. DVT. I couldn't even hear you. What? I see we're saving lives on the show. What? We're saving lives on the show. Oh, saving lives. I thought you said lies. I thought, how dare you accuse this man? <laughs> no. no. Uh, yes. We're doing import. We're doing God's work. Apparently so. I think everyone is aware of the DVT bit. You know, mm. the thing I just interrupted blonde with. But in case you missed, just to refresh everyone's memory, back around Labor Day, I had this mysterious, excruciating cramp in my right calf. I went to the urgent care clinic and then I went to the ER. It turned out to be a blood clot, otherwise known as a deep vein thrombosis or DVT. Okay. It was like eight blood clots. It was, I had near, I had total blockage in three major veins as in the blood vessels returning blood back to my heart and almost total blockage in a fourth. Oh my God. And I've been on blood thinner since I'm, uh, and I'm going to have that comprehensive testing done in March to determine what caused it. If they can make that determination because he, I reiterate was not vaccinated. Yes, correct. And we have more to that story. Mm -hmm. Now, every once in a while, the topic comes up. We play that sounder. Of course you hear the DVT sounder. Deep vein thrombosis DVT. So I thank listener Thomas for sending me those sound clips back in September as well, because that sounder, as you mentioned, may have saved a fellow listener. And a fellow DVT sufferer, I got this email on Tuesday from listener Matt. Matt writes, hey, you're not going to believe this. Your stupid ass DVT memes may have just saved my life. A couple of days ago, I got a leg cramp that never went away. In fact, it got worse. A few days of it getting more painful and that deep fried DVT voice (laughs) blasting through my head got me to get it checked. Keep in mind, martial arts is my livelihood and I stay very active which is why the doctor kept telling me how extremely unlikely uh, it would, how extremely unlikely it would be for it to be DVT. Well, it was, and apparently it was a bad case too, bad enough that the ultrasound specialist cringed. I would have loved to do this as a super chat in thanks, but sweet Jesus, those bills. Yes, I, uh, I got the ultrasound bill as well. And it, it was, it was unkind. So I'm sorry it was in your case, too. Thank you for getting the word out about this. I would have ignored it much longer. Otherwise, had it not been known, your Kaniga in DVT, Matt. Man, now, it truly is a mystery why this is happening. I mean, of course we have selection bias, um, but this is the third person in our social sphere that is young and healthy and fit that this has happened to, not sitting for a long extended periods of time. Um, it's just shocking. None of them vaccinated. <clears throat> uh, well, no, the, the one guy I know was vaccinated and he attributed it to the vaccine. Not this guy, though. Not I don't know about this guy. I didn't inquire. Oh, so crazy. in my case, I never took the shot. In one case, a guy did take the shot. And in another case, I don't know for this guy. Well, but, <clears throat> I would I today I got into some research because I'm like, maybe it's COVID itself that is causing some kind of blood clotting. But naturally, there is no data that exists where they have isolated people that have gotten the vaccine. Um, in these studies of yeah. DDT. So it's just useless data. Well, and it, it's, it's strange how similar our experiences are, not just in our demographic and, you know, in being active people and being unlikely candidates for this, but in both of our cases, medical professionals 
told us we were wrong. In my case, I, I did research ahead of time and I thought, I know this sounds implausible, but I'm pretty sure it's a blood clot it's what's that going I have. On, yeah. And the, the nurse at the urgent care clinic said, no, there's no way it's that counter explanation X, Y, and Z, but you should still go to the ER. Lo and behold, I had the same experience. So this is so rare for this demographic that medical professionals don't even believe us on encounter. And yet that's what it turns <clears> out to be. Again, to your point, yeah, we're talking about like three people that we know that have had this experience. But, you know, I mean, that's, this that's also not is, yeah. yeah, and it's not like we're talking about in a sample of a million. This show is kind of its cozy own little nook on the Internet. So yeah. the fact that you have that we now know three men in of similar demographic who are in this show's community who have had who've had the exact same experience. What the hell is going on here? Uh, I don't know. Uh, hopefully I will. It's vaccine shedding. That's what's going on. It could be that it, <clears throat> maybe it's the virus itself. Like you said, I don't know. But um, but like listener Matt, if you get a bizarrely painful, persistent cramp in your leg, even if you're don't an active person and otherwise healthy hospital, person. Yeah. Seek medical attention. And I say that as someone who avoids medical attention to the maximum extent possible. But otherwise, this will end up being you. Don't go to the <laughs> I am going to get a deep vein thrombosis. I just want to click the button, so I'm sorry. Uh, Skip going to urgent care. Just go straight to the ER. Apparently so. Of course, we wish listener Matt a speedy and easy recovery, and we thank him for um, <clears throat> sharing his story. As you mentioned, we don't just make gay jokes on this show. We save lives, too. Sometimes we save lives with gay jokes, and I hope that's what happened. This wasn't a gay joke. This was just a gay joke that saved a life. <laughs> so There were some gay jokes about um, deep bone. Damn, what was my thing? It was so funny. I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah, deep vein. Uh, I, I don't know. Deep vein. My husband had a good one. Whatever too. it was, yeah thrombosis in any case uh the big news of the last few hours uh broke just uh, a few hours ago luckily uh he did leave me enough time for a proper send-off ron DeSantis has suspended his presidential campaign and so as is tradition did we you pull will it off remember ron DeSantis. excellent What they're trying to say with this is that in your boots, you have heels. No, no, no. That's yeah, what no, they're no, trying th- to say. Those are just standard off the rack. Why don't you wear tennis shoes and dress shoes? Uh, I do wear tennis shoes when I work out. Yeah. I know uh, Donald Trump and a lot of his people have been focusing um, on things like footwear. This is no time for foot fetishes. We've got serious <laughs> problems as a country. I'll tell you this. Um, you know, if Donald Trump can summon the balls to show up to the debate, I'll wear a boot on my head. Unfortunately, we never got to see that display. <sighs> DeSantis made the announcement in a video posted to Twitter at about 3 p.m. Eastern. He also announced that he is endorsing Donald Trump. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear. 
can you imagine how that must feel? I can, I can see him just pulling his penis inside his body, making that statement. Just like, <laughs> well, just, just, Oh, I don't, I don't want to do it, but you gotta, there's you the argument it. that it was way too late that the miscalculation was a year ago when he entered. I mm-hmm. saw some of the super chat before we went live and we'll get to that uh, later on in the show. But there's also the argument that, that he's out too early. The idea being that what happens uh, if Trump who's is making that argument? Well, uh, <laughs> I saw a reference to sticks here and I don't I haven't seen what sticks said about it. But um, as characterized in the chat that we'll get to later in the show, the uh, the idea is that if Trump is eliminated by some legal problem or if they just assassinate him, whatever happens to get Trump uh or off the ballot if the Supreme Court case went the wrong way, whatever, mm-hmm. that there would have to be some heir apparent to Trump and DeSantis would probably be best positioned to take on that role. But I don't know. What is he supposed to do? Just hang around and twiddle his thumb? Yeah, I, I think Donald if he Trump wants to salvage his political future, I mean, some might say it's already gone. I, I don't know about that, but he would be wise to leave now where it's clear there is not a path forward. And that's that's why... This isn't entirely surprising. He finished second in Iowa, but of course, distantly behind Trump after focusing pretty much all of his campaign resources there. Uh, Polling showed he would not be competitive in New Hampshire on Tuesday. Could have stayed in for some kind of Hail Mary in South Carolina at the end of February, but he's polling well behind there, too. Currently, it's Trump at 60 percent in Nikki Haley's home state of South Carolina, Haley at about 25 percent and DeSantis at nine People also noticed in the last couple of days that DeSantis removed all scheduled events from his website and he was canceling TV appearances. So even before he announced today, I had a spot in the show for, is it the end for DeSantis? Because the signs were there and then he beat me to the punch and just quit before we went live. So that eliminated the mystery. Being viewed as uncool, it's truly the kiss of death for politicians. Like if the, if the audience gets a whiff of lameness, they're like, fuck this guy, no matter what he believes. Although DeSantis was a, disaster the sort of personal qualities um I, I mean i think he's he's his campaign was doomed for two reasons number one he got in before trump was indicted and as soon as the indictments hit that just solidified support for trump nobody was totally. breaking that nobody was breaking that yeah. and number two i think you're right that rightly or wrongly it, his personality style currently it, it lacks a little bit of that charisma he's not funny he's not I don't, he doesn't seem like a guy you would want to hang out with, I suppose. I don't know that that's what we should prioritize in a presidential candidate, but it certainly matters to a lot of it, people. It clearly matters. After all of the beef that I have with Trump, I was just watching Viva Fry and Trump was talking once again about Adam Schiff's skinny neck. And it like reignited something deep in me about why I like Trump in the first place. <laughs> uh, he's just, you know, he's, he's funny. He, he He's not afraid to dunk on people, which... You- it's You're talking something. like you'd actually vote for him. I will do no such thing. Thank you for sticking to your principles. No, I just I just hate voting. Well, that's a principle, right? Anyway, uh, big question is, does DeSantis' support follow to Trump now? That makes Tuesday's New Hampshire primary more interesting. While it would be an incredible upset for Nikki Haley to win, Trump is still theoretically vulnerable. This is not me predicting that Trump loses or something, but Trump is polling just under 50% in the aggregates. Uh, So if somebody else could scoop 51, Nikki Haley would be the most, or really the only plausible candidate to do it. Uh, But Trump's lead in the New Hampshire polls has widened in the last week. It hasn't tightened up. 
Latest aggregation from 538 has Trump at 49, Haley at 34, DeSantis at five. It would take a miracle. And if Haley loses decisively in New Hampshire, she might quit before we get to South Carolina at the end of February. I would think she would want to save herself the embarrassment of getting crushed in her own state. But as we'll get to, she, or as we'll get to right now, she seems to enjoy some of the embarrassment. Because if you want to argue that Ron DeSantis lacks charisma and just has this little bit of cringe to him. Nikki Haley is is far superior in the cringe qualities. She was campaigning in New Hampshire today. She continued the delusion that she's going to win in that state's primary and even the presidency somehow. She gave a very Hillary style response to the news that DeSantis is out. I will do everything I can to prove to you that you made the right decision. But for now, I'll leave you with this. May the best woman win. I have a visceral reaction to her. I just I just hate her. You get it? Because she's the only woman in the race? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Clever. Uh, the, the better line would have been, <laughs> see, I told Ron my heels were higher. And uh, and mine have have ammo in them too. Whatever that Ew. means. She should have gone back to the heels line to to mock Ron DeSantis. Anyway, that's where we stand. Rolling into Tuesday, unless something miraculous happens, you're going to see another decisive Trump win, and this is going to be all but wrapped up. And it will be Trump versus Biden versus all the various courts. That's what we're going to see for the rest of the year. Uh, Ugh, what was God. your favorite Sports Illustrated cover? Do you have one? Uh, well, I liked all the tranny ones. The fatty one was good where it looks like uh, the, you know, the space where her thigh meets her stomach is just two butts I like <laughs> I, that one. Did they have a front butt cover? I don't know if I saw that it was one. double front butt yeah. plus FUPA. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. Uh, headline Babylon B hardly parodial, uh, parody at all per usual. I just don't know where we went wrong. Contemplates Sports Illustrated executive in front of framed covers of obese and trans swimsuit models. <laughs> of course, Sports Illustrated actually did that. Those covers behind him, those are real Sports Illustrated covers. In fact, uh, Sports Illustrated has done, they did two tranny covers. One last May, and, and the first one was in 2021. Plus, there were other photos of transgender models in issues prior. Now, as far as what happened here, the um, the licensing group that owns the magazine terminated its agreement with the publisher three weeks after the publisher missed a $2.8 million payment, which breached the licensing terms. I can't believe the, uh, the shift toward obesity and trannies didn't pay off in sufficient money to honor their financial obligations. Did they think they were going to be able to single-handedly get straight white men to jerk off trannies? <laughs> they tried. It didn't turned out not to be a profitable venture. Sports Illustrated's entire staff is laid off immediately, though they are apparently entitled to uh, pay for some time pursuant to notice requirements that are in their union contract. I should have done an I will remember you montage for Sports Illustrated as well, but perhaps we'd rather not remember much of their recent photography. So we'll all be spared of that. Uh, There is news out of Las Vegas. Remember, what was that? That was uh, back back in November, sometime in the fall. There was... uh, well, there was a, a white high schooler who was beaten to death on camera by uh, peers of color 
uh, classmates of color. And now there are serious charges for for those uh, kids who beat him to death. I just cut off. Was this four high school students? Fuck, that's a really important part of the story. I don't know. <laughs> you should be able to. Did you alter the notes? Yeah, I, but I didn't just do it. Oh, I think I did it later. Earlier. I can't undo yours. I think you can only uh, undo your own. But okay, yes, some, it is some four. number of high school. I can okay, confirm four. <laughs> four high school students uh, indicted on Friday as adults on second degree murder charges in the deadly beating of their schoolmate in November. They're not naming the students because they're juveniles. Um, and nine students have been arrested in connection with this attack. And, you know, he was not the um, initial person that they were going to. Yeah, it was some dispute Apparently, over like his friend like a was vape. His it, friend it was still a vape, or vape AirPods or something like that. And then he tried to defend his friend who was being harassed by these. Um, yes. These yeah, yeah. Uh, belligerents of color. Yes. And then these 10 students uh, swarmed him, pulled him to the ground, kicked him, punched him, stopped him. And then he was unconscious, carried back to campus, and he um, and he died. So, yeah, in Nevada, a teenager facing a murder charge can be charged as an adult if they're only 13. Okay. So and all of these kids apparently are, obviously. Mm-hmm. It has to be second-degree murder because there was clearly no planning involved. Yeah, it sounds like it was some kind of meet-me-outside to fight over whatever this is that we're fighting about. And it went uh, it went haywire when this kid intervened. Do we know what's happening with the rest of four being charged as adults with murder charges? There were 10 involved. Is there any word on what's what about the other kids? We will find out. Um, I would imagine that they're going to be charged with lesser charges. Okay. Well, we'll I'm surprised to see this being treated as seriously as it apparently is. I'm also they'll say that he said the N word or whatever, and they'll be like, oh, do you want a scholarship instead of uh, to go to jail? Starbucks will give them a scholarship for sure. You can go to Harvard now. Yeah. Can you believe this Alec Baldwin news? I am actually surprised by this. Given Alec Baldwin's status, and we've talked about every development in this, but also given the incompetence of the prosecutors prior, I just figured this would kind of go away. Apparently not. Yes. It's this new forensic report that was commissioned by the prosecution that determined that he must have pulled the trigger for it to go off. Obviously, because guns never go off spontaneously. Um, so well, some they, people would argue otherwise about certain models, but yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So this yeah. new prosecution team decided to present the case to a grand jury, which did indict Alec Baldwin on Friday. I think it was eight jurors that were like, mm, "Yeah, okay." He's indicted um, on a charge of involuntary manslaughter. So, as you guys know, he's maintained that he did not pull the trigger when the gun fired. Um, and that and then this forensic report was like, no, nope, uh, bro. Yeah, you did. So he's been charged with two different counts of involuntary manslaughter. He can only be convicted of one. The more serious one accuses him of total disregard or indifference for the safety of others. The other accuses him of the negligent use of a firearm. Both are felony counts. I think that the most the more serious one carries is 18 months in prison. Yeah. Back in the old, uh, when the charges were first brought, they tried to get him on that firearm enhancement, which had up to five years in prison, I think. And that was legally bogus because that law wasn't on the books at the, at the time of the shooting itself. So, yeah, well, I would be shocked if he ever spends a day, a day in prison in New Mexico. However, I am also shocked that the charges have returned, that they're actually going to pursue this. And, of course, we have Hannah Gutierrez-Reed also scheduled to go on trial uh, the, the armor on the set of Russ scheduled to go on trial uh, later in, in the year. I think that's scheduled for August or something. But we're going to see this develop. 
apparently. And I assume it's it's going to go to trial if these prosecutors are serious about pursuing it, because there's no way that Alec Baldwin is going to. I, I, I just I would be surprised, I guess. And I'm not basing. I'd be surprised to see Alec Baldwin take a plea deal. And I'm not basing that on any kind of legal expertise. I'm basing that on just like Alec Baldwin, the guy. I don't think Alec Baldwin <laughs> will accept a plea deal. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll have to watch it. We'll be watching that for the rest of the year uh, for sure as well. We uh, Meanwhile, we continue, the, we, we continue to bomb the Houthis in Yemen. In fact, we've now done six rounds of Houthi bombing. The latest was on Friday. As discussed last week, the New York Times reported that the first bombing didn't really do much to even reduce Houthi capabilities. Asked about the Houthi bombings on Friday at the White House, Biden gave what I think is a pretty amazing answer. He said, no, the bombings are not working, but yeah, we're going to keep we're doing keep them. We're going to keep doing them. <laughs> are the airstrikes in Yemen working? Well, when you say working, are they stopping the Houthis? No. Are they going to continue? Yes. Points for honesty and simplicity. But this is reasoning that I think applies to just about everything the federal government does. Is it working? No. Are we going to keep doing it? Yeah. In fact, we're going to do it more. The uh, Houthi leader gave a televised speech this week in which he promises now to confront America directly in response to these airstrikes. So uh, Houthi war is intensifying. But just remember, we have to fight the Houthis there. Otherwise, the hooties are coming straight for you and your family here in America. And if there's anything more constant than hootie bombings or just bombing foreign countries in general, it's a federal budget that magically invents enough money for all of that and all the other bullshit that it pays for, too. To that effect, meet the new speaker, same as the old speaker, apparently. Recall Kevin McCarthy, former speaker, was ousted from the speakership last fall and has uh, since quit Congress entirely because he compromised with Democrats to kick the federal budget can yet again and not make any meaningful reductions in federal spending. Now, new speaker Mike Johnson, whose name you've already forgotten 10 times over, he is doing the exact same thing. In fact, he already did that once before. This is the second time he's done the exact same thing. The first time, like, ah, he's new. Give him a chance. Okay, that's (laughs) going to wear off pretty quickly, I think. A government shutdown has once again been averted, though. Thank God. After 107 Republican members of Congress joined Democrats to continue funding the government at the last minute, as always. This is another 45-day temporary budget. Still under dispute are border security and exactly how many bajillions we are going to give Ukraine. Not yet resolved. And as I mentioned, recall, this is the second continuing resolution or kick of the can down the road under Speaker Johnson, who did it in November as well. Last time around, he pledged never to do it again. But here we are constantly doing that and constantly told that uh, continued outrageous federal spending and an open border are, are the only things keeping us from hell. We have to keep doing that or else we'll face hell in the form of a government shutdown. Oh no, not that anything, but that just think what, what could happen if the government wasn't, uh, I don't know, operating in any way. You could have hordes of people crossing the border that unchecked. Oh, no. I can't imagine such terror. All right. Uh, I mentioned developments in the Fannie Willis scandal, and this is not necessarily surprising, but it does add an element of tangibility or actual concrete evidence to the claims 
And Fannie Willis is really going to have to explain these because uh, this is a level of corruption that um, that ought to get her criminally prosecuted, quite frankly. Uh, recall that Fannie Willis is the Fulton County DA. Of course, this in Atlanta. She's behind the massive racketeering case against Trump and 18 other defendants. Back in 2021, Willis hired an unknown and inexperienced personal injury lawyer named Nathan Wade, who you see pictured on the right there, to prosecute the case. And that's a very odd choice, considering the scale and complexity and public high profile of this Trump case. Why would you pick like unknown guy off the street who's never prosecuted a single felony in his life? He's remarkably inexperienced. This makes no sense. Because you're banging. Yeah, in recent weeks, it's it's become clear why Fannie Willis hired Nathan Wade. And it's it's because they have a long-established relationship in which they apparently share a bed. And not only do they share a bed, they may share beds oh. in exotic locations around the world or on fancy cruise ships. This according to allegations made in the divorce proceeding for Nathan Wade by his ex-wife. Now, Nathan Wade... Also, very curiously, inexperienced prosecutor has no business handling this case. The day after he gets the job handling this case, he does what? He files for divorce. <laughs> Awfully convenient. Why? What, what, what's, uh, what's this about? Why are you getting a divorce now? So Fannie Willis, the allegations say, paid her at the time married boyfriend. I guess still he's technically legally married because they're they're still going through the divorce proceeding. She paid her married boyfriend hundreds of thousands of public dollars, some of which he then used to take her on vacations to Florida and California, as well as cruises in the Caribbean and elsewhere. And until now, we just had the word of Michael, uh, the lawyer for Michael Roman. Michael Roman is a Trump co-defendant in this massive racketeering case in Atlanta. And this lawyer said that she had proof of these allegations or she's aware of proof of these allegations that are in the Nathan Wade divorce case, which itself was curiously sealed. Those records were not public. So she's been working to get them public. As far as I'm aware, those are still not public, but we have some glimpse into the documentation here. And that's because now Nathan Wade's wife, Jocelyn Wade, is providing some receipts in a a filing Friday. Nathan Wade's wife, Jocelyn Wade included credit card statements and the transactions as described by Michael Roman's lawyer include the following Uh, on October 4th, 2022 Wade purchased American airlines tickets to Miami for himself, Willis and Clara Bowman, who is believed to be Wade's mother and who traveled from Texas. The three tickets cost a combined $1,300 and change. That same day, he paid more than $2,600 to Royal Caribbean Cruises on October 5th. Why is that a crappy one? I've never taken a cruise. It's lame. It's like if you're going to have an affair, jeez. Is Royal Caribbean like the Walmart of cruises or what? I I don't know. I don't know. I've never been on a cruise. It's a lame thing to do. On October 5th, Wade spent approximately $3,800 with Vacation Express, a company that offers vacation packages and tours. Wade, Willis, and Bowman arrived in Miami on October 28th, according to flight records reviewed by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The records also show that Wade paid for airfare to travel with Willis from Miami to Aruba. Bowman stayed in Miami and returned to Texas on October 31st, flight records show. There were additional charges on the card for $370, at an Aruba hotel on November 4th, $3,100 and change on Norwegian cruise line or to Norwegian cruise line on November 7th. It was not clear uh, who took either of those cruises or who stayed at the highest. So these are 
in some cases in the airfare, if you look at the documentation, it's kind of small here, but you can, you can look for yourself. I'll link it in the description on the airfare. Fannie Willis is personally named. This is Nathan mm-hmm. Wade buying airfare for Fannie Willis. The you know why of- he, he just could not resist. Look at that big ass. Look at that big juicy booty. I was wondering where you're going. You're so shy on the button clicks, you know, so I never know when to expect that. Okay. But yes, he it's did coming. want Fanny's big juicy Fanny. You're right. Mm. Or he just, you know, that's the, I think more realistically, because I look at Fanny Willis and think, how the hell could any self-respecting man throw away his life for this? No, Fanny Willis's Fanny is not the benefit. It is the cost to obtain the payment. <laughs> and so if you just had to humor Fanny Willis physically every once in a while in exchange for like $700,000, would you do it? That's the question. I don't know. Do you think that that's it? Uh, do you think the price should be higher? Kaniga. I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. This See, you, you got to lean into that producer uh, role. It gets more fun. All right. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah. So there's also October 25th, 2023, Wade purchased $817 80 cents on uh, Delta airlines ticket to San Francisco in both his and Willis's names. Again, that's one that's explicitly tied to her though. They do not uh, show when the flight was taken. Uh, they also show that on May 14th, Wade spent 840 bucks for what appears to be a stay at the double tree hotel in Napa Valley, California. It is expected. There will be a hearing in February in Michael Roman's case to evaluate these claims and how they apply to the Trump prosecution. Michael Roman's lawyer has requested Willis and Wade be disqualified from the case and the charges be dropped. We'll see if that actually develops. Fannie Willis, I mentioned she has a new excuse. Last last week, speaking at a black church, she tried the race card. They're coming after me because I'm black. Uh, This week, she's going with a new excuse and that is that Nathan Wade's wife is actually a political operative, that she's a political (laughs) conspirator on behalf of Trump. Jocelyn Wade's filing, the one with the credit card statement, comes in response to Fannie Willis fighting a subpoena in the divorce case. So they're trying to force Fannie Willis to provide a deposition in the divorce case. Fannie Willis is fighting it. One of the reasons she's fighting it and smearing Jocelyn Wade, this guy's wife, is because she's saying that Wade's wife is some political operator trying to sabotage her Trump prosecution. Why does she say that? She says that Roman's filing on January 8th that was, that was made public. That was the same day that she was subpoenaed to test, to provide a deposition in this divorce case. So she thinks that those divorce lawyers, I guess are working with this Trump co-defendants lawyers to get her. Even if that was true, even if there was some sort of improper cooperation between them, the question remains, did you do this bitch or not? Yeah. <laughs> did you effectively launder public money through your boyfriend to pay yourself in fancy vacations all the while? It's not just the finances of it. It's the improper workplace relationship where you are effectively, I mean, you're sleeping with effectively a subordinate. I know that this guy's like hired outside counsel, so it's not strictly boss employee, but it still is like a managerial role and that itself even if finances aren't involved with that on the public dime that is frowned upon because that that would that's not an honest you know uh, uh it's not honestly doing the job that the public is hiring you to do at that yeah. point but this is what she's saying she's saying uh uh that that 
Nathan Wade's wife is obstructing and interfering with an ongoing criminal case. This is according to Fannie Willis's lawyer, Sink Axum. Her name is Sink? <laughs> it's only it's, marginally better than Fannie. Sink, uh, C-I-N-Q-U-E, not S-I-N-K, and whatever. <laughs> not that that would be normal. I, I thought it's a terrible name. Anyway, that's her lawyer's name, and that's what they're saying. And it's it's even more awkward because a video clip has resurfaced. It's not even that old. It's April 2020, six months before her election as Fulton County DA. Fannie Willis pledged she would not sleep with her staff <laughs> and she would punish any managers who slept with subordinates. Adding to the awkwardness, she argued taxpayers should not be hooked for the legal costs uh, associated with such scandals. Hold on. There, I got to find my clip because it's all messed up from your sounders. Here we go. That will not be something that is allowed on my watch. Um, supervisors under my leadership that are not encouraging and building up my staff will not be supervisors long in my administration. And um, I certainly will not be choosing people to date that work under me. Let, let me just say that. I think that what citizens are really, really concerned about is she works under if him. you chose to have inappropriate contact with employees. It will be very unfortunate if the taxpayers of this community have to pay for any of those lawsuits. Yeah, because that was a really unfortunate choice of words. <laughs> uh, yeah, the whole, everything about this is unfortunate, right down to whatever whatever this outfit is. What, this is like, what is she, like a, a leprechaun going to the prom or something? What am I looking at here? <laughs> whatever. Uh, so, um, her, her her excuse last weekend or last week was that her accusers are racist, that the accuser who is now providing proof, I guess, is a racist, even though she herself is a black woman. Now the explanation is that 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 black woman racist accuser is a pro-Trump operative of some kind. If Fannie Willis actually does end up criminally convicted for this operation, as she should be, she defrauded the public for personal gain. This is going to be hilarious poetic justice i i don't think it's likely because we know how these things go but is 2024 going to be the year alec baldwin and fanny willis are cellmates <laughs> not that that's going to happen across jurisdictions either but you get what i mean metaphorically maybe hang on to some hope all right uh i think we can get to sean strickland before the top of the hour sure you, when i first saw this clip this week a friend sent it to me and i couldn't even believe it was real I was like, my God, someone with the stones to stand up to the LMNOP agenda and mock the activism from so-called journalists thoroughly and unapologetically. Holy cow. Was, was this, uh, uh, was this a treat to view? And I don't like to be clear. Um, it's not even like the perspective. I'm not saying he's wrong or anything like that. I just admire the unapologetic expression. You know what I mean? That's what gets me the most. Like, this is your view. Stand by it. Mercilessly mock anyone who wants to shame you for holding it. Now, I agree that in general, I think he's right about the nature of men and women and homosexuality and the production of children and all that. But it's it's just like, even aside from the topic, the the courage to stand by your viewpoint in this way is so freaking refreshing. That's what I loved so much about this clip. But uh, I don't know anything about UFC or mixed martial arts or anything like that. So excuse any mischaracterizations about the sport on my part, but Sean Strickland 
is one of the fighters who took part in the main event or the primary fight at the UFC event in Toronto last night, Saturday. During a pre-fight press conference, some nerd reporter named Alex Lee, I have no idea who this guy is, but that's his name. He asked him not about the fight. And remember, this is a press conference to discuss the upcoming fight in a few days. Instead, he said, uh, uh, in 2021, you tweeted that uh, if you had a gay son, you would think that that would be a failure as a man. And you still stand by that And you tweeted two years ago. And that has no relevance to the fight whatsoever, other than this nerd reporter thinks he's an ally of the community, as he says. And Sean Strickland just absolutely wrecked him. Uh, we've got a pretty supportive gay and lesbian yeah. community in this yeah. community in this city. I did want to ask you about something you wrote a couple of years ago. You said if I had a gay son, I would think I. Oh look, another another. I'm saying to you, the swamp, you guys, the swamp. You become a champion, you become a star, and, and someone. Let me ask model. you something. Are you are you are you gay? No, are are you? Let me know. Are you gay? Can I hear? Can I get an answer? Well, no, I'm asking. I'm, this is the part. Of, are you are you a gay man? I'm an ally of the community. Okay. If you had a son and he was like, you know, you had a son, he was gay. You'd be like, oh, man, you don't you don't want a grandkid. No problem with it. Oh, man. Well, you, dude, you're a weak fucking man, dude. You're like you're part of the fucking problem. You elected Justin Trudeau. The fact that you have no fucking backbone and and has he shut down your fucking country and seized bank accounts. You ask me some stupid shit like that. Go fuck yourself. Move the fuck on, man. Like that doesn't really coward. answer the question, but I did want to ask also things you said about the trans community. Ten years ago, to be trans was a what? A mental fucking illness. And now all of a sudden, people like you have fucking weaseled your way in the world. You are an infection. You are the definition of weakness. Everything that is wrong with the world is because of fucking you. The best thing is, is the world's not buying it. The world's not buying your fucking bullshit you're fucking peddling. The world is not saying, you know what? You're right, fucking chicks have dicks. The world's not saying that. The world's saying, no, there are two genders. I don't want my kids being taught about, you know, who they could fucking school. This guy is the fucking enemy. Uh, you want to look at the fucking enemy to our world? It's that motherfucker right there. We shouldn't be allowed to play erotic on this, on this show. Ooh. <laughs> Just when Fanny Willis gets you as cold as possible, here's Sean Strickland to come heat up the place. I figured you would have some some oh, reaction man. like that. Yeah. Well, it's just so nice to hear somebody like that guy is not at all worried about how that's going to come back on him. He went home and he slept like a baby. Well, and if if you believe you have the truth on your side, as he does, and whether you like the presentation or not, I agree that he generally does. You don't have to have fear. The, the, the truth always ages well. Uh, that, that's the, that is the truth about the world. And so, yeah. I, I, He's right. This 10 years thing is, is totally true. This is a non sequitur, but to deal with the labor stuff, the prodermal labor, I've been wa like binge watching old seasons of Project Runway. 10 years ago, even in the fashion industry, not one tranny. It was like standard faggotry stuff. But like compared to what we're dealing with now, it, this was not even on the scene. Like none of this transgender stuff was on the scene. 10 years ago in urban centers in the United States in the fashion industry, this really came quickly. This has totally dominated the culture within 10 years. Yeah. I also, I appreciate the corrective effect this is going to have, hopefully for journalism. Maybe not. Maybe they'll double down and come <laughs> back even harder. But they of course, what, what is this journalist, this nerd trying to do? He's trying to get him to bend the knee. He's trying to shame him publicly so he can say, you know, I don't, I don't stand by those comments anymore. They were ill-conceived and I've spoken oh. with many <clears throat> allies in the community, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. 
No, instead he flipped it and he made that guy feel embarrassed as he should because his job is sports journalism. His job is not is not uh, gay advocacy or gay allyship or something like that. His job is writing about the fight for people who want to read about the fight. That's yeah, it. But he doesn't think that that's his job. Everybody that has some sort of platform thinks it's their obligation to promote whatever their sense of morality is, yeah. no matter how warped. It's bizarre. Um, I, I doubt that he even made that reporter embarrassed and that reporter is probably emboldened. I hope that at least others look at that and think I'm going to stay in my lane. <laughs> you know, they won't. Oh, nice. It's wishful thinking. I think you're right. But but at least it's it's one effort in uh, pur- pursuant to that effect. And I, I applaud him for that. And it wasn't just uh, the one incident either. Uh, by the way, if you're if you're curious about the um, the tweet that he was that was referenced, it was December 2021. "Quote: If I had a gay son, I would think I failed as a man to create such weakness. If I had a whore for a daughter, I'd think she just went, or I think she just wanted to be like her dad." Lol. <laughs> so it's clearly like a partial joke, though. Obviously, he stands by his criticism of homosexuality and his belief sincerely that if you have a gay son, well, what does that mean for your, for your grandchildren and all of that? You know, I'm not saying that his entire premise here is a joke or anything like that, but I I noticed that where was the reporter to stick up for whores everywhere? You mocked mocked whores in your tweet. Do you still stand by that? Whores are a proud community. Uh, Yeah. So that, that was the tweet. It's still up. I don't, as I mentioned, that's I think so was, mild compared to like what Chrissy Teigen was tweeting five years ago with all of her weird pedo stuff and her career isn't ruined. What did she say? I don't even remember. Oh God. The Chrissy Teigen pedo tweets. How do I even Google? Were they coded stuff? or were they just like straight up explicit pedo stuff? Straight up explicit pedo. Oh, stuff. I don't remember that. But Can I Google Chrissy Teigen pedo tweets? That's <laughs> careful. But yeah, you can report back. Uh, I mentioned there was a second piece to this. And again, a reporter getting embarrassed. Because, yeah, after the event, another nerd reporter went after Dana White, who's the UFC president, again, trying to guilt him into apologizing on behalf of Sean Strickland's words. But Dana White didn't. And he rejected the premise that he gives the UFC fighters permission to say certain things. You obviously give a long leash to your fighters about, you know, what they can say. When they are up there with a UFC microphone and you are getting into territory of homophobia, transphobia, like, is there... I don't give anybody a leash. Well, I'm saying you... A leash? I'm... St- like Free speech. Like when... Control what people say. Going to tell people what to believe. Going to tell people... I don't fucking tell any other human being what to say, what to think, and there's no leashes on any of them. What is your question? <laughs> asking that question i'll move on though yeah uh, probably a good idea you sh- that's ridiculous to say i give somebody a leash free speech brother people can say whatever they want and they can believe whatever they want yeah good for him. mock them make them feel silly flip that burden onto them this is all very welcome after years and years of caving to this sort of nonsense but of course these nerd reporters aren't done so maybe i am being too optimistic and them figuring out what their role is and, and getting out of this social advocacy nonsense. I, I thought that this particular headline in CBS's coverage of the fight was uh, informative headline CBS. 
Sean Strickland's homophobic tirade is the latest in UFC's ugly, uninhibited dive into the culture wars. Because it's UFC. UFC is dragging all of us into the culture wars. Yeah, really. If only like, UFC people aren't talking do that. about this anyway. You nerd reporters brought this up. You can't help yourselves. You have to dig up old tweets in which someone was like lightly critical of the gays in a halfway joking context to make that the focus of the public's attention ahead of the fight. But if he actually defends himself from your bullshit, then he's the one dragging everyone into oh, the yeah. culture wars. You think he wanted to get up there and talk about the gays? No, neither one of them wanted to talk about the gays. They want to talk about UFC. But you made yeah. them talk about the gays. And you read the article. It's like, oh, well, did you know that during the COVID pandemic, Dana White uh, pushed back on all the shutdown bullshit and championed himself as, you know, uh, not not caving to the nonsense. Yeah, I can't believe a businessman had something to say <laughs> about yeah. people trying to shut down his business. Again, mm -hmm. who was the aggressor in that circumstance? Yeah. Was it Dana exactly. White just entering your living room saying, here's my view on all social issues and you better conform or else? Or... Was it government forces, sometimes big business forces, exerting themselves on him, trying to force themselves on him and him merely responding? Every example they have of Dana White or Sean Strickland, the rest of these guys supposedly dragging everyone into the culture wars, that was provoked by you guys. You're the ones who insisted upon it. And you, you read down, it's like even in their own article, Dana White is providing commentary, quote, when people tune in to watch sports, they don't want to hear that crap, he said, referring to the NBA and the NFL's politicization. They don't want to hear what your opinions are or who, you vo who you're voting for or what you're doing. They want to get away from everything in their life. And they want to focus on two, three, four hours, however long oh. the sport is when you turn it on. That's, yeah, correct. Of course, that's exactly what people are trying to do. So if you nerds would just shut the hell up and let them talk about sports, we could go back to our boring sports press conferences where they just say the cliches and nobody gets any useful information whatsoever, which is how it's supposed to be. But yeah, they're not going to let you have your bread and circuses for much longer. <sighs> yeah. Well, th and this is, um, yeah. If you think that we can have sanctuaries away from politics and you can just not be a, you can abstain from being a political person. They force themselves upon you. You, you can't have yep. these sanctuaries just for entertainment that are apolitical. They refuse. So if they refuse, then, yeah, you're going to have to get confrontational, just like <laughs> Sean Strickland and just start, you know, his only mistake was not dropping a slur. He didn't include any slurs. Yeah, should, really. Next time he's going to have to get a little more aggressive. It is foolish for them not to allow people to have their um, entertainment outlet, though. That's when people get angsty. Yeah, you when can't they have, When it. they have no non-political entertainment outlet and when there's some kind of starvation event. Like if they really want to placate the masses, they should shut their fucking mouths. Yeah, they could keep some calm. But the, the question is, to, is peace the goal? Is peace uh, and and coexistence as the bumper stickers advertises that actually what is wanted? Or is it the exertion of force upon you to get you to conform to their way of life and their worldview? And this is yet another example. No, I'm not saying yeah. that, that that's how you keep the peace. I'm saying that's how you keep people enslaved to you, ah, unbeknownst they, to them. Yeah. This is a really, really retarded strategy. Like it, like, like introducing this into video games has been really dumb. Well, yeah, that that was. Uh, I know that the phrase "kind of red pill moment" is so cliche at this point, but for a lot of guys, that was certainly the case. Where 
you couldn't even have your video games anymore. That's that's Sargon's bit. All I wanted to do was play video games. That's all Sargon yeah. wanted to do. And that's how he became Sargon. Yep. Carl Benjamin, because he couldn't even play the video games. And the feminists had to have their way in the social engineering, even in the that's digital fine. world. They should keep they should keep pushing it. Uh, yeah. Well, cynically, I, I think these people want the conflict and it's it, it's the same thing we see in all sorts of contexts. If you think like, I don't know, take your pick January 6th, any other things were sort of provoked. It, it's, Hey, come on. Don't you want to, don't you want to get pissed off and attack us? Come don't on. you want to get pissed off and be violent? And then do the insurrection. And then when you do the insurrection, it's justification to crack down on all sorts of things, X, Y, and Z and, and grab up more power and exert more control. So yeah. Anyway, uh, good for Sean Strickland. Uh, I've, I've, I've never been particularly interested in MMA just from a spectator perspective, but this guy has made me interested for the time being. And, uh, I appreciate yeah. that. Makes me want to watch two dudes kick the shit out of each other. <laughs> All right. We're right at the top of the hour. Next up, we'll get into the, uh, FBI catching a, what they say was a trans Nazi would be shooter, but you're telling me is not perhaps not accurate. I can't believe that. Well, it's been 40 minutes, so I have to go to the bathroom. All right. Let me uh, grab some chats on uh, on Rumble, and then I'll get over to YouTube and Tippy stream momentarily. Uh, over on Rumble, your friendly neighborhood fed. He's back again. What does he have to say this time? My wife gave birth to our first child on Friday. We named him Ladano. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't hate him. Is this a Ladana play, like the male Ladana? Just kidding. We don't hate him. We gave him a proper Christian name, James blonde. You should receive his foreskin in the mail in a few days. Well, I will get that message to her when she's back and she'll be horrified. Fed, Thank you. Fed, Mr. Fed, 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 Rocky mountain monk blonde. I'm sorry to see you in such misery, but take heart. Once this is all over, you'll never have to have sex ever again. <laughs> I guess I'll have to deliver these messages to Blonde as soon as she gets back here in a moment. The Hillbilly Deluxe. Thank you, Mr. Monk. They're all about Blonde. I want to see Blonde pregnant AF waddling around trying to kill everyone. Well, there might be more proficiency there than you realize. Uh, motive. Uh, a motivated person can do a lot of things. Let's put it that way. Yakko 1977. I'm not sure if Biden had another potato brain moment and accidentally told the truth, but he acknowledged the border is not secure and said he's quote, ready to act. I don't believe he'll act meaningfully. I did see that commentary. Maybe internally they're deciding that some border concessions are necessary, particularly in an election year. I don't know, but yeah, I, I wouldn't take it at face value. Uh, actually, most of these rumble chats had to do with you. This guy, your friendly neighborhood fed said he just had a baby boy and he's sending you the foreskin in the mail. And I knew you'd have a, an enraged, shocked face by that statement. What is wrong with you? What is wrong uh, with you people? He's the friendly neighborhood fed, though, so I don't even know how serious he is. But if you are serious, Mr. Fed, congratulations uh, to your family. Rocky Mountain Monk uh, said uh, he wanted to console you. Sorry that you're in misery, but on the plus side, you'll never, ever have to have sex ever again, he said. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> we're good over Funny. on uh, Rumble. We're good on D Live. Thank you guys <sighs> over there. And we're good on Odyssey. But uh, let's catch up on Tippy and YouTube. Oh my God. I cannot believe I'm still pregnant. How is this even possible? How is it possible? How is this possible? Listen, if anybody has any legitimate induction methods, and I don't want to hear like, have sex and then go curb walking, because I've read studies on those things and they do not work. Like, I am, I am. 
I swear to God. It didn't play yeah. for me. What the hell? No, it, play, it played for me. Please write me an email. I'm I'm really desperate. I'm like almost castor oil desperate. Well, the internet is on your side because I'm Shut clicking, up! Silly woman. I'm clicking the button over and if over and over again. It finally played. Poorly timed. Anyway. What Donald Trump just told me to shut up like eight times. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's what I was aiming for. We got super chat to read. Uh, Mint 20. It truly has been impressive watching one of the most notorious, notable governors in the country light his reputation on fire live for the whole country to witness. Also, he's always simped way too much for the Jews. That is that Israel weeping wall bit was um, really, really DeSantis. Anyway, I don't know why anybody's surprised about this. He's always been kind of a chode, like from day one. I mean, I, I have uh, I, I appreciate the way he ran Florida, especially during the Corona nonsense. He was one of the first in the few to stand up to this garbage and and keep that state reasonably free. So I'll always appreciate that. I think that was a good test for people's inclinations and and first principles, really. And I think he passed that test, generally speaking. Uh, so I don't have a lot of hate for DeSantis, but yeah, but the baseline level should have been DeSantis in a proper country. It's, it's, yeah. It's not yeah. my fault that everybody else is a fucking retard and that he just happened to do things right. Yeah. That's, I, that's, you could make the argument that his, yeah, he shouldn't be rare. He should be the common guy, he but should be the common guy, rightly yeah. or wrongly, he is the rare guy these days. Oh, um, long down, John. I'm oh, this was the sticks. one I was uh, referencing earlier. Oh, did you read it? No, I just, no. um, just, this was the one about DeSantis getting out too early. Um, I think DeSantis may have dropped out too early. What happens if, say, the Trump ballot removal is upheld by the Supreme Court or he gets imprisoned or, God forbid, assassinated and the last person left in the primary is Haley? Yeah, but what is he supposed to do in the meantime? Yeah, and it. I think the counter would be the likelihood of Trump being eliminated before securing the necessary delegates is very low. The likelihood, excuse me, of DeSantis doing more damage to his political future by hanging on too long is higher than the likelihood of Trump being eliminated before he has secured the nomination. So just on a pure political calculation level, I think he's made the right call. If anything, I think he stayed in too long, but uh, this is an interesting question. What happens if Trump is, has all but locked up the nomination? He's short. I don't know what, however many delegates later this year. And he is either, He's removed from ballots such that he can't get more delegates or he's put in prison, which I know is not super likely on that time frame, but possible uh, or he's he's dead. And the thing I was talking about this with some listeners earlier today, if Trump just died of a heart attack, which is yeah. completely possible at his age and weight and all of that. What is he? Is he 78? He's yeah, he's like close to 80, if not 80. I can't remember. He could definitely plausibly die of a heart attack tomorrow. If he did, nobody would believe it. And I include myself in that. If Trump died tomorrow of a heart attack, I would not. He's the only oh, he's the only overweight 80 year old where I'd go. No, there's no fucking way. There's no <laughs> way that that yeah, guy really. died of a heart attack. Uh, but if that happens, the question is, what is the process? Does it just go to the person who was behind him? Even if that person has a comparatively small number of delegates or how I don't know how that's resolved. Is that up to the party or is that governed by some kind of law? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how that gets resolved. Oh, out of Topo Chico. Oh, God. You love that stuff too. That's my wife's thing. 
The lime Topo Chico is the best. She always gets the plain stuff. That's the only. Why why would you not get the twist of lime Topo Chico is the king of all sparkling waters. I I will say it is particularly sparkly. Topo Chico, Topo Chico, however the Hispanics pronounce it. So good, except yeah. it's owned by Coca-Cola, which really bums me. Hmm. Uh, Holden Mulray. Hi, True Seekers. What are your thoughts on firearm safety? Do you care about any feature ambidextrous preferred mechanism squeeze? I think they cause more accidents and they prevent, et cetera. Okay, so I don't know very much about guns, but I will say that for our home defense weapon, I go for the one with no safety features. Uh, I do not carry with a safety And in general, your holster itself should be a safety, a proper holster that is covering the trigger entirely. That trigger is not going to get pulled. Uh, And so when particularly for a carry piece, obviously you want that to be good to go the second you draw. The more mechanisms you have to manipulate, the more things you have to do, the less likely you are to have that gun ready to go when it needs to go. So for a carry piece or something for immediate defense in that way, I don't. I don't have a safety on mine. Um, but if it's just uh, as far as other guns that are just kind of guns for okay. fun guns, you might take to the range. They're not necessarily life and Liberty type guns. Uh, then I don't necessarily care. I mean, most, uh, most, most anything in like a rifle configuration is going to come with a safety anyway, but you're really talking about like handguns that you'd carry that are going to be free of safeties. Um, right. And in that case, I opt against, you got to carry like a man. And that's as I've, Learned over time. One in the chamber, no one, safety. One in the chamber. Right on your dick. Pointed straight at your nut with a proper <laughs> <Yeah>. holster. <laughs> no, you just those, have a holster that you just put around your penis, right? I, <laughs> I hope those words never come back to bite me. They will. Uh, and one day people will play that clip and it will have aged more poorly than Fanny Willis talking about workplace romances. <laughs> Truly. But it's they've converted me, man. Because at the start is like, um, I don't know, one in the chamber that makes me nervous about. Uh, accidental discharge and then i at first when i started carrying i didn't want to do appendix carry because like it you know the the consequences of accidental discharge are particularly high but over time i've come around honestly you i would if i were a man i'd probably rather shoot off my nut than shoot myself in the stomach you have a higher chance of survival (laughs) probably depends on how many kids i already have i guess but uh yeah i guess that's a consideration uh if you have a proper holster, none of those things are going to happen. So make sure you have a good holster with proper retention and everything is everything's good to go. Um, metal rules. If California Congressman Anthony Weiner and Obama henchman Eric Holder decide to undermine Joe Biden and run this year, it will be the Weiner Holder ticket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> One can hope. Oh, my God, bro. Um, hot rod. The Intermountain Health logo looks like two lesbians making love, all in faggot colors. Hi, Brian. Yes. What is? I don't even know what that is. Now I got to look it up. I don't know. Intermountain Health. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Isn't this? Uh, oh, this is Salt Lake. I can put this up on the screen. Ah, uh, yes. The many black lesbian couples of Salt Lake. <laughs> is that what I'm looking at here? Or is that just, this is two women, right? That's not a man. I don't think this is two LaDonna's happily married and Intermountain health. What did he say? It looks like and it's in the, the logos in the top left corner there. Two lesbian ladies making love. Is that what it is? I don't know. I can't really, I mean, I see the I and the H, but whatever it is, I don't know what's going on there. And I also don't, 
Because when I think of Salt Lake City, Utah, I think happily Lesbians. married black lesbian couple, obviously. We should circle back. All right. Thank you guys for your chats. We'll come back to the rest uh, at the end of the show. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. For now, we'll get away from Intermountain Health and back into the news. And that starts with this story. Um, well, headline in red state here, FBI thwarts transgender neo-Nazis mass shooting plan to, quote, go out in a blaze of glory. What uh, what happened here? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this characterization as a neo-Nazi is totally incorrect. It's basically an insane person. But the FBI arrested Elizabeth Belestrost West, formerly French Francisco, Frank Paramo, age 56. Um, the affidavit indicates that they were informed by an anonymous tipster who sent this Facebook post written by the suspect in which he expressed despair about losing his job, um, and other problems he was facing. And in the post, he said he was going to go out, probably have to go out in a blaze of glory. The language matters there. And then featured pictures of various firearms. So this is the post. <clears throat> Well, I wish I had better news to tell, but what I'm writing to you right now is the fact that I'm uh, at the end of my rope. I'm probably going to get fired from this job. I'm supposed to be called into the office this morning, so I wonder what lies are going to they're going to spew in order to justify firing me. I'm too old to keep looking for jobs. I've had it up to here being bullied by transphobic assholes and left with no alternative. I'll probably go have to go out in a blaze of glory. I've been preparing for this moment a long time at least. Then I'll be remembered. I have no family, no friends. So there really isn't any point of living anymore. I'm just going to have to do what I have to do and pray for the gods to forgive me. Gods to forgive me. And then a lot of his social media posts were personal grievances, mental health problems, diagnosed with bipolar disorder, disassociative disorder, PTSD. See, no diagnosis relating to the most obvious mental illness, which is the gender dysphoria. So he was charged with one count of transmitting an interstate threat. The FBI seized 12 handguns, 16 rifles, thousands of rounds of ammunition and accessories in a journal that had similar writings and drawings um, to the Facebook post. The the claim that he's a Nazi is based on the FBI's confidential human source saying that he had attended neo-Nazi rallies. That's it. Yeah, but his political ideology was varied. <laughs> he violent and racist rhetoric on twitter as well in one post he said bring it on blackie <laughs> another quoted a nazi dominatrix from hell who is tired of the blackening of america and europe and ready to stand up to black orcs and jewish wizards okay okay uh, during a conversation about nazis he stated we were the only ones at the time to stand up to the J." And the mongrels and fight for the Aryan homeland and an Aryan world. I wonder when these were posted. Um, and I, well, I guess I'm just curious how this person would reconcile to the extent I accept Nazi that and the tranny thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's that's a difficult. It's like, you know, the Nazis would have hated you, bro. Yeah, that, that seems difficult to reconcile. But uh, no. OK, you can hate Jews all day long. But if you're a tranny, Hitler's like, nah. <laughs> sorry, no deal. Yeah. I'm yeah, out. No deal. So I don't know. I mean, it just seemed like like mental health stuff. Is there uh, I don't have any photos of this person. I should have grabbed. Also, one. he was living in Eugene, Oregon. Like, what are you doing? Like a bro? known Nazi haven, Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. 
uh, you can get high enough in Eugene just walking down the street to write that sort of stuff on on Twitter anyway. So I don't know that we should yeah. rule out that possibility. True. True. Okay. Well, I guess uh, for once the FBI got this one, it wasn't just a person on their radar. They actually got this person before the shooting commenced. Anyway, uh, this week, uh, Revolver News published new video of the discovery of the January 6th pipe bomb at DNC headquarters. And Revolver co-founder Darren Beatty did an interview with Tucker to explain the video. To give some context to what we're about to watch, recall that the DNC pipe bomb, the pipe bomb at Democratic Party headquarters in D.C., planted the night before January 6th, that was one of two. And the planter of the bombs still remains a a mystery. The other bomb was planted at RNC headquarters, the Republican Mm. headquarters in in D.C. Part of the mystery about this is how Secret Service personnel at DNC headquarters that day didn't detect the bomb, which, number one, was visible pretty much in plain sight. It was just behind the bench, kind of in some grass or bushes. And it was right outside the door that Kamala Harris herself had used to enter the building. Hence the secret service actually sweeping the area before her entry. That sweep included dogs too. How did these, obviously people just visually inspecting things, they can miss stuff. Dogs trained to sense in this case, it's, I guess it was a fake bomb, but maybe that's how the dogs missed it. I don't know. Maybe because there was nothing in it. Anyway, that's all a big mystery. But also, part of the mystery, how the person who planted it remains unidentified, despite the aggressiveness of January 6th prosecution, uh, investigations and prosecutions. The person um, and the person who planted it is on surveillance video using a cell phone at the time of the planting. Somehow that cell phone can't be tracked, apparently. This is the one person they can't figure out how to find from January 6th. They've found everybody else. Well, here's Darren Ray Epstein mystery. Uh, Yeah, maybe maybe it was Ray (laughs) himself. I don't know. Here's Darren Beatty with Tucker showing this new footage. And this new footage shows who is now known to be an unidentified Capitol Police officer spotting the bomb, informing Secret Service and Capitol Police who are at DNC headquarters outside in cars. And nobody seems to care very much or act with any urgency despite calling a bomb robot to come disable it just moments later. This guy in a backpack come into frame at around 105. What he does is he first approaches a car, which is a Metro PD car, talks to the driver's side in the window for a while, and then eventually moves and chats with somebody in a black SUV which is a secret service car. What the individual in the backpack is doing is alerting the Metro PD and the secret service of the fact that there is a pipe bomb just feet away. (laughs) Then about a minute later, a Capitol police officer walks even closer to the bomb, takes a picture of it, gives a thumbs up sign, leaves minutes after that they have a bomb safe robot come to dismantle and diffuse this bomb the first thing that will strike you as remarkable is just how utterly unconcerned both the metro pd and the secret service are about being informed 
that there was a pipe bomb literally within feet <laughs> of them. They allow a group of children cross the street in the direction of the pipe bomb and allow the children to walk within feet of the park benches where the pipe bomb was planted. After the interview, Tucker added that they've now confirmed that the, the original guy with the backpack who started talking to Secret Service and Capitol Police, that guy is himself a Capitol Police officer who was in plain clothes at the time, though we still don't know his identity. And my first question watching this was, well, wait, how do we know what they were saying? How do we know what back, backpack guy was saying to those cops? Well, in context, you go watch it. As soon as he's done talking... That's when other Capitol Police officer guy comes in and starts taking pictures of the bomb. And then later, if the source is to be believed that the, the robot comes in and dismantles the bomb. So just contextually, they must have been talking about the bomb about because the bomb. right yeah. after that conversation, they start interacting with the bomb. God sakes. I'm supposed to believe nobody can find this guy. Have you ever run your face through a facial recognition technology? You know, I, law enforcement can find a suspect in like, four seconds now yeah but this guy was wearing like a hood and a mask or whatever and ski goggles or something like that yeah really he, he was if you look at the footage he had his face entirely covered it looks like or he had a hood up or something like that come on but they must think we're stupid it's the phone thing really gets me too you can see him using a phone you're telling me that nobody can find information on what that phone who that phone belongs to what that phone is connected to I find that hard to believe. But some other questions that Darren Beatty raised in this segment. Um, how did the police and Secret Service know that the bomb was fake, which is implied by their relaxed attitude for its discovery? It, if they had no knowledge that it was fake or not a threat, as soon as they're informed of it, presumably they're more urgent about their action. And they probably don't allow those kids to cross the street and walk right by it. So it, it would make sense that they have some knowledge that it's not a real threat. How do they know it's not a real threat? No, you would just assume it's real. Of course. And if they, if they did have some knowledge that it was fake, then why do they deploy the bomb robot to dis to disable and mm -hmm. dismantle it? Maybe that's just protocol. Even if you know it's fake, you do it anyway. Again, the bomb was sitting there in plain sight for 17 hours. It was planted sometime around like 5 p.m., I forget the the exact it was it was evening January 5th and then discovered sometime around 1 p.m. on January 6th. How did Secret Service miss the bomb when they did their, their sweep with the dogs when Kamala showed up? But more interestingly, on Kamala, uh why hasn't she ever discussed the fact that she was allegedly nearly killed on January 6th by this bomb because they exaggerate and they propagandize everything else about January 6th, but not this yeah. bomb, which would be one of the best examples of violent extremism that they have. In fact, Kamala Harris did the opposite. Not only does she not make this claim that she was nearly killed on January 6th, as you would expect her to given the rest of the propaganda, but she covered up the fact originally that she was even at dnc headquarters at all during the capitol riot this is from revolvers reporting to compound the strangeness of it all recall that kamala harris covered up her presence at the dnc building on january 6th for almost a year for nearly a year kamala led the media to believe that she was in the capitol during the so-called siege even right. the department of justice took this false understanding for granted and mentioned kamala's alleged presence 
and evacuation from the capital during the siege to add a sense of gravitas to several of its indictments. It turns out Kamala was not at the capital as it was uh, being evacuated on the 6th, but rather at the DNC building while the allegedly live pipe bomb was still right outside. And they never talk about it. Instead, we hear about like Brian Sicknick and all the rest of the exaggerations. It's too easily disprovable. But the rest are so easily disprovable too. Yeah, but I think that this is a more serious accusation. I don't know. It's like... I, I walked right by the bomb. They could have blown me up at any second. They, she never says that. Mm. Anyway, uh, we'll see if more evidence comes out of this, but it's worth the watch. I'll be sure to link this in the description as well. I had to cut it up for, for time, obviously, but Tucker and uh, Darren Beatty discussed this for something like 15 minutes, and you can watch that footage unedited and see exactly how this developed. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, quietly... There was a very important case heard at the Supreme Court this week, and it's one that could overturn longstanding doctrine, uh, just as the court did with Roe v. Wade on returning abortion to the states, or the Bruin decision affirming uh, a right to carry a gun in public, and of course changing the way that federal courts handle Second Amendment review as well. But 40 years ago, in 1984, the Supreme Court established what has since been called Chevron deference. And this was in the case of Chevron USA versus National Resources Defense Council. Chevron deference says that when Congress creates law and passes the specifics of that law off to an administrative agency like the EPA or the ATF or the FDA or whatever alphabet department, the agency's reasonable determinations about what that law means and how it's enforced that those reasonable determinations have to be respected by the courts. Chevron deference. Defer to the alphabet agencies. They are the ones tasked by Congress to uh, operate, enforce, understand these laws, and they are the experts. That's what Chevron deference means. It means defer to the alphabet agencies. The problem, of course, though, is that Congress then writes very broad general laws passes it off to these agencies who handle the specifics and therefore effectively write the law themselves. And when they do that, they remove lawmaking from the legislature and the legislators who are, of course, directly accountable to the people. And so Chevron deference as a doctrine has helped to expand these agencies into the massive, unaccountable bureaucracies that they've become. In other mm. words, and that's that's what's at issue in this pair of cases that the court heard on Wednesday, uh, ch a challenge to this the Chevron deference concept. And based on the justices questions, it appears likely they are going to undo it or at least uh, chip away at Chevron deference. The challengers uh, to Chevron deference are arguing that Chevron deference undermines the role of Congress in writing the law. And it undermines the role of the courts to say what the law is and what the law means. In other words, it's just it's giving these administrative agencies the role of author of the law and interpreter of the law all packaged together in a way that lacks checks and balances and is unaccountable to the American people as designed by the Constitution. Well, according to Amy Howe writing at SCOTUS blog, only the three left wing judges on the court, of course, Elena Kagan, Sonia Sotomayor and Jumanji Brown Jackson 
<laughs> appeared sympathetic to Chevron deference in their questioning. I'll never get tired of the Jumanji bit. She's just forever that. Uh, they argued did the three liberal justices on behalf of government efficiency uh, when these agencies have deference and that, and for their expertise in the matters, which judges don't have. So judges shouldn't be handling these questions. They say critics like Kavanaugh and the rest of the court, but Kavanaugh specifically argued that Chevron deference creates such wide latitude for the agencies that lawmaking is taken away from Congress. And whenever a new president comes in, they can effectively rewrite the law on a whim. And of course, that's its own problem too. just stability, predictability. It's not just that these agencies now have this unconstitutional authority to create law of thin air. They just rewrite it when there's a new president. So when we're electing a president in, in a major ways federally, we are also electing new lawmaking that does not actually go through Congress. So uh, we'll see. It, it looks like the court is going to do some damage to this um, Chevron deference precedent that we've had in place for 40 years. Uh, as usual, this decision should be released around the end of the court's term in June. Uh, Jumanji Brown Jackson and her questioning warned of the chaos that will result if we don't let federal agencies do whatever they want. <laughs> with their own interpretations of the law. Here she is. What do we do about the, the chaos that we talked about in, in the city of Arlington case that comes from perhaps having different courts, right? We have 11 different, uh, you know, uh, jurisdictions that have legal authority. You say the courts will sort it out. Well, first of all, it will take years. What is the agency supposed to be doing in the meantime? And different courts from all of these different jurisdictions could actually have a different view. Isn't it sort of impractical and chaotic to have a world in which every undefined term in a statute is subject to litigation? Man. Uh, isn't that the whole point? Imagine if things were inefficient and slow, like they're supposed yeah. to be, especially for the federal government. Could you envision such a world? It's supposed to be very difficult to pass new law make change at the federal level, uh, both so that uh, that new law clears uh, checks and balances and it's, is sufficiently debated, but also so that the pace of change doesn't create chaos. Actually, that's what's hilarious. Wouldn't it be chaotic if they actually had to like go to court and figure out what this means and maybe even have Congress clarify? No, the chaos is is exactly what Kavanaugh is saying, where these agencies have so much power to effectively write the law themselves, such that when a new president comes in, it's like, all right, I'm changing all the rules. I'm rewriting all the laws because now I have the authority to. That's the chaos. Eventually St- that will benefit us. Though. Well, uh, I suppose chaos is, is potentially a tool like any other deployed for the right reasons. Maybe it's useful. I don't know. But in general, chaos is... Uh, is is counter to stability and and predictability and we do well we have prosperity when things are predictable you want to build a business you want to do something productive you need to be able to expect what the conditions will be like tomorrow so yeah we're not going to be able to return to stability so long as there's uh, legal and economic instability so if these people want to employ this tactic which they clearly are uh, they don't have very good future planning because we'll just be able to use this to our benefit in future when we regain power. I mean, what's the plan here, guys? You guys are just going to have power in perpetuity. And, uh, well, and we're, they, we're they never going like to be it. able to utilize. They this act tactic. like it, and um, 
to their point, it seems like they kind of do. <laughs> but yeah. that, that's the other that's the other problem about this, too. The, people talk about the deep state. This is what they mean. They mean these entrenched bureaucrats who ha- who are unelected, but because of their expertise and their ivory tower in D.C., they can hang around. I mean, there is a lot of there's I talk about the turnover when a new president comes in. That certainly happens quite a lot. There is another side to that coin, though, where there are just entrenched so-called experts at the EPA and the FDA and the CDC and the XYZ. And they're just there exercising these king-like powers in perpetuity. That that itself is a, is a problem, too, of course. And I know, I know that realistically Congress can't write laws that are specific on every single thing all of the time. There's going to have to be some determination uh, or interpretation of, of laws as they're written. But the question is, who should solve those ambiguities? The established constitutional branches of government, as in Congress and the courts, or the made-up unconstitutional agencies? Which would you prefer if you have to? Oh, clearly the made-up unconstitutional agencies. <laughs> it, is, it is always wise constitutionally and philosophically to, to leave political questions to the people uh, and, and the state's representation in Congress, not to D.C. bureaucrats. And to Jumanji's point, if Congress can't move quickly enough to get stuff done, good. Let the states handle it even better. A paralyzed Congress or a paralyzed D.C. politics. Oh, no, not that. Please, anything but that. How will we how will we ever recover? But this is the view that these people have of government. D.C. exists as sort of this central dictator to tell everybody how to run everything instead of kind of uh, instead of just a, a peacekeeper among mostly autonomous sections yep. of society in the form of states. But yeah, I mean, when you view DC in that way and you've been in DC for so long that you think that's what your job is, I guess that that's how they get that worldview. Anyway, we'll uh, keep an eye on that again, potentially June, get a decision on that. And maybe we'll have more good news out of the Supreme court. All right. Time for hoax hate. If you're ready for it. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Maybe this has happened before. This is the first case I can remember where somebody is criminally charged, not just for a false police report in a hoax hate crime case, but for actually defrauding people on GoFundMe. This is in Houston, Rhoda Osman, a proud black Muslim activist. <laughs> now, clearly something messed up happened to her face. And there is footage of this, I guess. But the swelling, uh, the contusion on the side of her face, is it, it looks fake almost, but it's not, I guess. She's now charged with felony theft by deception after she raised over $42,000 on GoFundMe on the claim that a white man had hit her on the street with a brick after this evil white man asked for her phone number and she refused. That was the original claim. Good Lord. And then she raised the money again, $42,000 and she actually did the, we going be rich bit. Now she didn't act. She didn't say it, but she took the money and she said, look, I'm on a solo trip to Jamaica, posted pictures of herself on vacation, posted pictures of herself with designer. We ka. <laughs> and designer clothes 
I don't know what Noah has to do with this. Leave him alone. <laughs> so she did the bit without saying the bit. We going to be rich. She's, oh, no. Okay. And again, original claim walking the streets of Houston, white man attacked her with a brick. That's that's what she said. And that's were, never happened. All ever. these other men watched it happen. <laughs> As I mentioned, she did suffer swelling and a contusion on her face. So something hit her. Police investigated. uh, And upon police investigation, Osmond changed her story to say that she was actually assaulted at the bar or at a bar, not out on the street walking. And uh, then police found surveillance footage from area businesses and police discovered that a male friend of hers is actually the one that that hit her. And this happened in a car outside of this bar. And this is a man with whom she had been at the bar voluntarily. They went to the bar together. She had a bunch of drinks. Presumably he did too. They went out to, to his car or a car. They had some kind of argument in the car and he struck her with what police say appears to be a bottle of water. Whatever happened there, obviously this was not some random attack on the street. She was attacked by whether it was like a prospective boyfriend or her boyfriend. I'm not sure what their exact relationship was, but this was a person she was hanging out with that night, not a random guy. Yeah. Right. But now, now charged with against a, a felony fraud charge. This Rhoda Osman is still insisting that she's the victim of the police investigation too. They too are seeking to silence and malign this Strong Muslim woman of color. So please send even more cash. And what is happening is that they want to tone police all of us. They want to let all gendered oppressed people know that if you ever speak out, you will be punished and you will be punished badly. And these people are mad because they tried to unalive me. They tried to leave me for dead and I'm not dead. I'm alive and well. So they are trying to punish me. I'm not fighting just Houston police. I'm fighting a bunch of people i'm fighting a whole community i'm fighting red pill community i'm fighting pick me's i'm fighting all of these creators who just live off of our pain okay so much pain you have to manufacture the pain i didn't look very painful when you were on vacation in jamaica i don't know uh this is not osmond's first encounter with the law either according to court records She has several prior charges in the Virgin Islands, Minneapolis, uh, as well as Hennepin County in Minnesota, Williamson County, Texas, Travis County, Texas. She's currently on bail for a separate offense from September 22nd, 2023 for felony assault and domestic violence. Maybe that's why she got her face punched. Yeah, really? She was charged with two counts of misdemeanor domestic violence in Steele County, Minnesota as well. On this felony charge, my sources say she faces up to 10 years in prison if convicted. But that will be, of course, a a systemically racist effort to silence a strong woman of color, as always. Okay, this story, um, I remember this happening when uh, the the original shooting was a few months ago. I forget the time, but uh, Joe Joe Biden spoke about this. This was a a national deal for a minute. It was it was in the aftermath of the October 7th uh, Hamas attack on Israel. And so the narrative was all this like this bigot in Vermont just shot at these three Palestinian guys because he hates those Arabs and clearly did it for in in revenge for Israel or something like that. But it appears that that's not at all the case. Not at all what happened. Um, Yeah. The American Arab Anti-Discrimination Committee. 
they were, they were the ones that made this claim and got picked up in, in every news outlet that this white guy shouted and harassed these victims and shot them because they're Arab. And this was like some manifestation of his Israel support. I don't know. I, anyway, it turns out this guy is just some like weird hippie vagrant, but he's also super progressive and he's an organic farmer. His uh, his political narrative is like even mo- more incoherent than that tranny. So he had a bunch of tweets about like imperialism and American paternalism and corruption in the American culture. But also he's a he's a Biden supporter. And then he's uh, really pro-Palestine, like <laughs> like vocally pro-Palestine. So it turns out that he just um, was a crazy guy who stumbled out of a house and then without word fired a bunch of shots at these guys for basically no reason. Did they There's no hit? evidence. I that... forget the story. Are they, he didn't kill anybody, right? Yeah. I don't think he kills anybody. Yeah. So he just shot at them. Yeah. They just, they could have been anyway, <laughs> just anybody. So let's see, let's go through some of his uh, posts on Twitter. He describes himself as a radical citizen patrolling democracy and capitalism for oath keepers, which is a far right term right but then his location so he's critical they're the oath creepers yeah 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 and then he's tagged as living in a parallel universe and then he has this meme tagged libertarians want trans furries to be able to protect their cannabis farms with unregistered machine guns and then he also wrote the idea that hamas is evil for defending their state from occupation is absurd their owed a state pay up so there's no chance that this guy killed these people because he thought they were Palestinian. Yeah, whatever's going on, this is not like a I stand with Israel shooting, which is how how it was presented. All right, but I assume he's still being prosecuted, right? Whatever's going on, he's he's yeah. still facing charges for that because it it appears there's no evidence so far that these Palestinians attacked him or something like that. It wasn't a defense. No, they were just walking by. Okay. Um, he's got a pretty good uh, insanity defense. He's got a bunch of mental health issues all right well you know who else has a pretty good insanity defense or might would be a member of congress barbara (laughs) lee all members of congress yeah but specifically her (laughs) well there are many worthy nominees i suppose but she was on cnn this week she was responding to nikki haley's outlandish claim that america is not a racist country more on that in a moment but barbara lee is saying oh yeah it's really racist in fact even for me member of Congress of color. It's still very racist. I have to put up with it every day. She claimed, and I didn't catch a time on this, so I don't know when she's saying this happened, presumably sometime recently. She claimed that she was trying to ride an elevator reserved for members of Congress at the Capitol when a white man stopped her saying, hey, this is only for members of Congress. And when Barbara Lee said, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Evil White Man, but I am a member of Congress. I'm Congresswoman Barbara Lee. He said, and she showed him his pin, which apparently is a credential of some sort. He responded and said, yeah, right. Who did you steal that pin from? Mm. I was walking from the House building on Capitol Hill to the Capitol, and a man, a white guy, stopped me 
and told me I could not get into the member's elevator. And, you know, we have uh, pens, and I was going to vote. And he blocked me from getting into the elevator and told me I was not a member of Congress, and it was for members only. I said, sir, I'm a member of Congress. And he, I showed him my pen, and he said, whose pen did you steal? Now, this is an example of what personal racism is and how people of color constantly have to deal with this each and every day. I wish that was true. That'd be so funny. I thought you were going to make the obvious joke. Which is what? She doesn't steal pins. That's outrageous. She only steals bicycles. When the man asked me how I got here, he said, where'd you get that bike? I said, well, that I did steal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Got me there. Uh, Okay. No mention of who this man is or or, uh, when this happened, as far as I'm aware. If true, if if this, I guess, racist congressional staffer who, who she encountered, why isn't she putting this guy on blast to get him fired? Why is she protecting his identity? Why yeah. does she want him still being the racist elevator guard at the Capitol if this is true? Inquiring minds want to know. Yep. I mentioned that she was responding to Nikki Haley and Nikki, Nikki Haley is doing this weird dance where... Um, she's saying that America is not a racist country and never has been, in fact. But also, I have experienced various episodes of racism in my background. <laughs> so Barbara Lee was responding to that saying, oh, she says it's not racist. Look how racist it is. A guy said that I stole my pan at the elevator. Nikki Haley is responding to herself about saying the country is not racist. And she's saying, well, it's not racist, but... And this this was on a a Meet the Press interview that aired this morning. When I was younger, though, I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I'm neither white nor black. If you want to know what it was like growing up, I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I wasn't white or black because they didn't know where to put me. So, look, I know the hardships, the pain that come with racism. That's the only reason you'd get disqualified from the beauty pageant. Who would refuse this face right here? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. um, They didn't. uh, Well, I don't know. Do they let the midgets play basketball? Is that (laughs) or are they disqualified too? Yeah, really? Now, in fairness, this may be legit. I don't know. The reason the only reason I say that might be legit is because it's not the first time she's said it, though, of course, just because it's not new doesn't mean it's it's not a lie. But yeah. she said this also in her 2012 memoir. She said at a kitty beauty pageant, Haley and her sister were ushered off the stage because they weren't black or white, fitting neither of the local prize categories. How old is Nikki is Haley? Is her sister me, ugly? Did they have okay. separate white and black prize categories? Is that am I reading this correctly? Bro, have you seen her sister? She looks like legit Pajit. Well, that's because Nikki Haley is. Uh, huh. Nikki Haley has. Uh, actually, she I don't know. She doesn't look that Indian to me in this one. Seriously? photo. Uh, well, now it's just bringing up pictures of Nikki Haley, not her sister. Wait, is her name Simran Singh? Yes. Oh, let me uh, grab this. Like, that's not the. Yeah, okay. Now that the picture is bigger, let me put it up on the screen. Oh, yeah. This woman uh, crouches on toilets for sure. <laughs> uh, I guess I could see it. She kind of looks like Nikki Haley now that I see the photo a little bit bigger. 
What an ugly people. She does Oof. some. <laughs> okay, calm down. Uh, I'm talking about the Haley's. Oh, okay. Well, the word family may more properly apply. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she's a, some kind of radio host, Nikki Haley's sister. So it's just like Nikki Haley. This is the thing. Except like, for Indian. If it's Nikki Haley. What do you mean? Nikki Haley is Indian. She doesn't look Indian at all. She's I don't know what kind of in, skin, skin in, bleaching cream yeah. she's used. She's been de-indified. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I want to hear Nikki Haley's sister's take on this. Will Nikki Haley's sister confirm that she was not allowed to participate in the child beauty pageant, wherever this was, I assume South Carolina. I don't know. Because they were neither black nor white. I, I just want to like bullshit to me. I want to hear. Do we not have any Bipti sounders? Uh, just Raja Mohan. Seems like a real missed opportunity. Yeah. Th- we just, talk about Indians in a derogatory way enough that I think we need to introduce them. Where, where do I go to find Bipti sounders? You go to Chris Gard. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. The call has been put out. Uh, you got to get like old Apu clips from the Simpsons or something like oh, that. Yeah. You need, thank you. Come again. That's what you need. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait for confirmation from Nikki Haley's sister as to whether this happened. All right. It's time for the movie review. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. Tonight's movie is the 1973 horror classic, The Exorcist, in which a young girl gets mysteriously possessed by the devil until a priest who nearly lost his faith restores it by sacrificing himself for her recovery. From uh, movie picker Electric Ninja, famous for its grotesque and creepy scenes but lesser appreciated, is the story of the spiritual struggle going on in Father Karras' crisis of faith as he is thrust into the face of uh, the face of true evil to save a little girl. We, of course, have our AI face swap artwork from Jamie and Jeannie. <laughs> I figured this was just a morning sickness episode in this first example. Now, we, my wife, who had seen this movie long ago, when we whatever version we watched, the puke was like that Nickelodeon slime green. Yeah. And she said, in my memory, it was more like pea soup. And then I've seen clips like this, like in the bottom image where it is more pea soup like and not bright green. Did you get the bright green or the pea soup barf in your version? I got pea soup barf. Okay. This second image, uh, I figure I'm like three years away from this being my actual job, like walking around being a legit Catholic priest doing exorcisms because that's the state of the world now. It won't be too long. I'm about three years from having to get an exorcism. So I'll, I'll see you there. <laughs> so so it, it'll work out great. Now, I mentioned that the, the video face swap was worth the wait. I hope it is. Here it is. I cast you out, unclean spirit. Shut up, your ass. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is he who commands you. Now, I had to bleep the F slur for gay people 
because oh my god, Raju Mohan and formerly Susan Wiki Wiki, they they'll give you community guideline strike for that word. For some reason, Blonde gets to drop that word live all the time, and they're like, "That's great, that's fine for ads." But if I like, for example, the clip from Idiocracy, dude, you talk like a f slur, and your it your shit's, shit's all, all retarded. If I yeah. post that as a standalone clip, they'll community guidelines strike me. That, is, that makes me feel awesome. That's the only Somebody reason I at YouTube it. loves me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bleeped it. <laughs> I wrote in my review, a lot of these lines sound like they were written by that Tourette's girl on Chris Cuomo's show. It's basically the same thing. Anyway. That was brilliant. I don't brilliant. mean to influence your review. Oh, so. you won't. I, I cannot believe I have never seen this. Like, I've yeah. seen clips of it, but I've, I've never seen it in its entirety. I thought I had. I had not. Um, but it was such a haunting and scary film. Just incredibly disturbing amazing performances all around uh linda burke famously got lifelong chronic back pain from the scenes where she was thrashing around in bed um the sexual aspects particularly disturbing made me wonder if this film maybe should not have been made because she was very young but it was absolutely horrifying which was the objective um i loved the scene with the doctor sitting around unable to use scientism which is their religion to explain the supernatural phenomenon, I, I loved that. Even when they developed a religious solution, even when they were proposing they use the exorcism and then it might work, they still were like, it has a scientific solution because they think that they're being exercised of the demon. Um, I thought that was such a brilliant insight into how doctors and scientists think. Um, and then I also loved the spirit of the demon, how it was like 10% funny, you know? Only how- 10 uh, no, but like it, it's it was really serious, but also like I, I kind of felt like the demon had had a little bit of a sense of humor. Yeah. Um, and and that's how Satan works, right? Like Satan, Satan lies to you, he taps into your emotions, and even your sense of of good, um, just to take over. I just thought it was fantastic and and terrifying and engrossing. I, I gave it a four to five though because the sexual imagery like the, the pedophilic sex, sexual imagery was just so disturbing. Um, and I was like, did they have to do this to Linda Blair? It's yeah. Poor little girl. You yeah. Know? I, uh, in reading a little bit about this, um, in constructing my own review, I was curious what Catholics Linda would think Burke. about this too, because I don't, some people seem to write that it's like a it's a mockery of Catholicism or a, a critique of Catholicism. I didn't really take that away the from this. Layer. That's what. Sorry. Yeah. But I don't know. Did you feel like there was any um, like anti-Catholic or mockery of Catholic type themes to it? I didn't really take that away. But I'm, um, well, I'm it not is not Catholic, true. So know, but. It's not true that Catholics are the only people that do exorcisms. Other other religions do as well. But no, I mean, uh, the priest was the most moral and bravest character. Yeah, I didn't get the sense um, that they were portrayed as the bad guys in any way. Mm -hmm. Uh, If anything, the fault of Father Karras was was sort of losing his faith or questioning his faith. Mm -hmm. But uh, my my own experience with this. This is the most difficult type of movie to grade because on the one hand, I was thoroughly entertained. On the other hand, I feel like it was for reasons that were accidental or unintentional. Like to Mm -hmm. me, not scary in the slightest 
hilarious though like you didn't find this scary at all but it was so ruined my day i was so funny ruined it uh it was it's so gratuitous and i'll take your point on the sexual themes and whether that is appropriate in the context of a a young actor i think she was like 14 at the time or something like that oh was she really that um yeah no uh i hate that yeah so that that is a, a that's a point i will fully grant uh but the the body convulsing i mean i i'm i'm it looks like some kind of intense ab workout that she's doing on the bed there's if there's anything that could have been taken out i guess if there's anything i I would clutch my pearls about it would be i could forgive maybe the 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 vulgar commentary the vulgar scripting the stabbing of herself i'll leave it at that i mean that was that's Especially when you're talking about a child. That's that was yeah. way over the top. But the Nickelodeon slime barf that I mentioned, all this slapstick going on, I'm laughing my ass off throughout. And and the lines, like I said, it's like they're written by Tourette's girl. Just, Stick it up your ass. <laughs> Go, fuck her. Better fuck him. Fuck this. Whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Just I'm like, how is this supposed to be scary? This is the devil's voice was so funny. I it's like I was watching Jackass. My my entertainment experience with it was was like that i don't feel like this movie was designed to entertain me in the same way jackass entertains me i'm glad you made the point about the doctors though because if there's anything sincerely that i appreciated it it, it's point it's points about the philosophy of the doctors and the philosophy of experts i don't think this was intentional on the part of the movie but i liked that the doctor is coming out trying to solve the problem with chris the mom and just starts lighting up a cigarette yeah. And I know that was probably common at the time or not weird. It was the 70s. Was yeah. It supposed to be earlier. But I just I love what that symbolizes, which is number one, like a guy, a doctor who kind of knows that he doesn't know everything. And <laughs> at least in the modern context, like it's so silly that if I saw a doctor smoking a cigarette now, I'd be like, well, he probably he's probably like better than than most of the like Pfizer representative doctors. Out I'd be there. like, so, that mean, guy's awesome. I want to go to this doctor. Yeah, it's like it's a selling point to me when I yeah. see a doctor smoking a cigarette. The reality is, as I wrote in the review, we're all poisoning ourselves in various ways. Otherwise, I'm not saying they're all the same as cigarettes, but for these people who sit around acting like they know everything and they're the experts on health in all contexts. But a cigarette is the worst thing of all time. Trust me, the things that they are pushing if not exactly like cigarettes, I believe are cigarette light when you're talking about the pharmaceuticals that are thrown on thrown at us to solve every problem under the sun. But kind of beside the point, um, I loved the scene where Father Karras shows up and is discussing with with Chris and Chris is talking about the mom is talking about the exorcism. And she's like, well, what do you what do you mean? You're supposed to be the expert. And he just says, there are no experts. You probably know as much about demonic possession as uh, any priest does. And. I appreciated that too. Just the, the theme that there, there is a such thing as a novel medical condition, whether we're talking demonic possession or not. And it's going to take creative, even outside the box thinking to solve that. You don't just rely on someone declared to be an expert to tell you everything as though he's the sole, right. the sole uh, keeper of all knowledge or something like that. Uh, the makeup and the performance by Linda Blair, I thought, I thought was quite good. I liked how the makeup started really subtle and over time, as the demonic possession became more and more absurd, so did the makeup. But it was it was a pretty good progression that's that's held up, even mm-hmm. if the lines get over the top toward the end. Yeah. And another 
philosophical point I appreciate, though, as I'll get to, I think this movie was was lacking in some some philosophical components. Um, sometimes the, the the proof of God is through demons. And I thought it was yeah. very interesting that Father Karras lost or is losing his faith in God. He comes he returns to it by seeing a demon or demonic possession or the devil himself in Reagan. And I, I, in my own journey of faith, that's something that I, I identify with or something that, that speaks to me because I, I don't know if I'm looking at the devil himself, but when I'm looking at common forms of evil, like the shout your abortion activists that we commonly cite in Cleveland or the actual commies that are in fashion these days or transgender propagandists, there is degeneracy abundant all around us. And sometimes you witness that wickedness. That's what's necessary to prove divinity. You, you see, it's sort of proof through the opposite. You know, it's like, I don't know what the answer is, but it ain't that. And that's right. kind of what happened to Father Karras. Man, I have some questions about God, but what's the alternative? I can't look at this demon in front of me. There's no way I can, I can entertain that prospect. As far as what I didn't like, the, the moral and philosophical component I kind of thought was lacking. And, and I know I just granted some phil- points of philosophical interest there. But what I mean is specifically with Chris and Reagan, the protagonist characters, the mom and the daughter. Like, how did she get possessed? And yeah. I know it's kind of implied that the Ouija board had something to do with it. No, it was the um, ancient Iraqi. Is is that uh, what did it? Yeah, that's what he found it outside of her house. Is that is that the thing? It's there like, was just no. I, I don't know how it got there. And see that that's what bothers me is that there's no there's not a lot of exploration a, into as to how they ended Does up in this though? situation. Yeah, because then you can evaluate like you can evaluate, I suppose, the degree to which <laughs> she <laughs> deserves what happened to her or something. No, I know she's a child and this is an absurd situation. It's that but Satan is opportunistic. I guess, but they, they just, it, it's kind of a lack of character development for them. Like what difficult choices does Chris have to make? What character development does she show? And she just constantly, I hate this review. Boo. <laughs> she just constantly outsources the important decisions to other people. And and so we don't get a lot of character development for the the two main characters, the daughter and the mom. And there's not a lot of moral complexity for them. They're just there. Stuff happened to them and then it's over. We don't see a lot of their development or a lot oh. of their difficult choices or that sort of stuff. So I didn't like that they were just kind of along for the ride. I thought I'll, I'll take your point that like the the artifact that he finds in the desert is plot relevant. But man, was that opening scene boring. Holy cow. I, it was like. It's like six minutes long. But that's Get over way it. too long. I, I oh, last week, my I, God. that last week I praised Clint Eastwood for getting straight to the action and the point. This was the opposite. This movie starts by putting you to sleep and then it wakes you up by yelling about butt sex. That's what it does. And it, it took delete all of that. I don't need to see the whole point was like, Oh man, this, um, this, this priest, uh, successfully performed an exorcism prior. That's why he's here. Yeah, we know. Like, I don't need to see a whole, all this footage of an Iraq, archaeological dig to establish that point it's pointless it was boring especially in that scene and then some of the scenes in the, in dc there was some really bad camera work and it wasn't always but they, you notice they do those bigfoot zooms that are like a mile long and they last for like a minute and it's pointless and it looks terrible why it was the 70s back when filmmaking was way better no that, that was bad but it, I, i'll be fair and say that wasn't like it wasn't 
super commonly deployed throughout but where it was it was some pretty shoddy camera work oh i thought it and was so, excellent tension building oh, no. i just love that 70s style of film where where the tension builds slowly it's so much more meaningful so my problem is that the movie was neither scary nor deep even though i was entertained i was not on the edge of my seat in fact i was falling back in my seat laughing hysterically even though i was entertained to me it was for reasons unintended and I didn't feel like the the philosophical and moral depth for the main characters was there. They were just kind of along for the ride. So I get it. It's an old movie. It was influential. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to savage it, but it's just a three wiki production for me. You gave it a four. Okay. It's a five film. I'm particularly sensitive to suggestions of pedophilia these days because I'm pregnant. That's what's going on. That's a pretty big quality. Particularly sensitive. What do you mean? That's the only reason why you have an issue with that? I think that I handled this film worse than I otherwise would have because I am at term pregnancy with a girl. Well, thank God we didn't watch Rosemary's Baby. Holy shit. On the other side of it, I mean, I remember sitting here savaging uh, Leon the Professional on those terms. Now that I would say was... Even though this movie, obviously there's explicit discussion of sexual things. And then there's the one scene where with the crucifix or the cross and she's whatever. There are two masturbatory scenes. To me, Leon was much more overtly sexualized than this movie, though. Also, it cast it in a positive light. Leon the professional did. Whereas this was like a literal demonic possession. So... I could kind of get it, but I just found it like so unsavory and probably unnecessary that I was like, oh, I just don't think that the criticism is valid only if you're if you're having a child or something. I think that those are important. No, no, they're raise. valid. Yeah. But I I think that it, w- it wouldn't have bothered me as much if I wasn't um, about to give birth any second. Why did I watch this? Thing? I'm surprised. I actually I thought you were going to hate this. So I'm surprised it was. Positive. Oh, no, not, I liked it. Um, but uh, as far as they the- just don't do films like this anymore, you know. Everybody loves this. I guess I'm in the minority. <laughs> the early vote is a third five and a third fours. So clear super majority of uh, positivity for The Exorcist. What What's next week? Soylent Green, which I've also never seen. That's Coincidentally, another 1973 movie. Oh. We also have a fresh list of nominations for February from listener Gabe. Uh oh. New movie nominations are How to Train Your Dragon, What Happened to Monday, Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Tangled, Oscar, Zootopia, Mr. Right, or, of course, you can reject the list in favor of- Can we watch all of these with our kids? It does sound like a kid-friendly list, although I don't know all of them. Excellent. But uh, you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top-rated movie instead. Now- I didn't make the mistake of even trying to watch The Exorcist with uh, with no, my two year old. I'm, I'm pretty permissive, but like I was like, everybody get out. Yeah. As a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do all of those things is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of my website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com or Matt is dot gay. All right, let's catch up with chat. We'll call it a night uh, over on Rumble. Dwayne 221 Vermin Supreme showed up to do the boot on head for him. 
What? Uh, that must vermin supreme must refer to Trump, I guess. Or who's vermin? Trump had that controversial commentary on calling uh, commies and other undesirables vermin. <laughs> mm-hmm. But is he vermin supreme? Or he's talking about it anyway. DeSantis got the boot. He didn't have the boot on head bit. He just got the boot. General theme. Thank you, Dwayne. Uh, Hillbilly Deluxe. Regarding the hoax hate, dude, be serious. There was a white Maserati parked on the street. So there was something white obviously involved here. It's easy to see how she was traumatized. I Yeah, I guess I missed the car. Was it a white car? Maybe that's what she meant. Thank you for the clarification. Raymond Donovan is gay. Blonde, why is your hero soap bar not named the flower solution? Or grassed and buried oh i see i see Gra- okay super yeah, gay I, mean, I, don't, I don't i like hero soap like i can't i can't actually roll out a nazi soap no matter how much i may lay in bed at night and think about it <laughs> grassed and buried by the way it's b-e-r-r-i-e-d you'd have to make like a a, a fruity soap though because your soap is not a fruit soap you know right but you could and it's not floral either but these are no. these are options. Yeah. Fair enough. Thank and you. I tried to pitch them to call it the original Jew bar, and they were like, "No, no <laughs> Hero Soap was like, no, like, absolutely." <laughs> the original. All right. Yeah. Drew the Just line. in case you tried to do some kind of bullshit spinoff, not going to allow that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Raymond. Oh God. Uh, good on D Live. Over on Odyssey, Mike. Hawk 420 blazing blonde. Wait till Wednesday when your kid or then your kid and Neil diamond can have the same birthday. I didn't know that. Great. I, that know, I really hope my daughter has the same birthday as Neil diamond <laughs> at talentless hack. Get out of here. GTFO. What do you mean? He sings classic uh, patriotic songs. Does he not? Uh, oh God. I'm so angry. Well, what else is new? What, what <laughs> <laughs> we're good on rumble and odyssey. So let's catch up on uh, Tippy and D Live. I think for me, I, don't, I can't remember where we left off. I should have marked it. Um, it's mint twenty, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Americans deserve the Donald Trump that the media is scared of. Unfortunately, that is not the Trump we have. True. Maybe he's coming. I guess. Oh. Maybe he should. Citizen. No. Okay. What he has to do is um, Sean Strickland, the UFC fighter, as press secretary. Please. Would you vote for that if he promised to make that guy press secretary? No. You don't want to see that show? Not even for I, that? I'm not voting. I, like, oh, under no, under on. almost no circumstances am I ever going to vote again in any election. Just him walking up to the podium. All right, homos, let's get this over with. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't voted since 2016. You don't want to um, see that show? Oh. I'm not doing it, yeah. <laughs> Blonde's ball cost soap. <laughs> ah, there you go. I like that. Uh, Citizen Seven. Good grief, Becky. You haven't popped yet. What the fresh hell is up with that? Yeah, I can't. I can't believe it. I'm going to make it to 40 weeks. And then I'm going to make it to 41 weeks. And then I'm going to perform my own cesarean section out of frustration. That's what's going to happen. And your own exorcism. I will. I will have a priest there. No doctors. Um, Boogeyman 917 says, I doubt it. Both I doubt it. Matt, on Friday, Six Hex and Hammer showed off his classic cologne collection. Uh, so how's this Hero Soap and Sense Presents open for business by Matt Christensen? Every bottle has a little bit of Matt. Do you? <laughs> I 
Uh, well, first of all, uh, I would say that is indeed a little bit gay. But do you know... That's somehow. a big game, man. Have you been informed of business plans? I am not actually at liberty to re- to confirm or deny, but there may be related products in the works. It's so Matt is going to shave his pubes and then he's going to put one pube in every bar of soap <laughs> that he sends out. Yeah. And that's how that's how we're going to make our money. <laughs> that's how it's coming go. soon. I, you're you're onto something. I didn't know Sticks had his own classic cologne collection. Well, that's news to me. Uh, I believe it. Yeah. Um, Evan Valenta. I've been noticing everyone using the DEI acronym and it bugs me. Oh, I shouldn't have read this. Sorry, Evan. We only do $10 a month. But thank you for that. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Thank Coop. you, Evan. You think DDT is a form of viral shedding by being in contact with someone who was recently jabbed? I have no idea. I mean, it's also possible that... Matt's DVT is um, entirely coincidental and would have happened anyway, but I find it highly suspicious that this is clearly a side effect of the vaccine that you're surrounded by vaccinated people, presumably. I mean, not like your family, but like in town. Yeah, of course. Uh, And that you're healthy and you have a normal BMI and you exercise and you take breaks and you don't sit at a desk all day. Yeah, uh, well, we'll find out in, in March because there are certain genetic components that can make your blood more likely to clot. And if I if I have one of those, if they come back and it's like, oh, yeah, you have this particular genetic condition and that's why. OK, well, that explains it in my case. It's if only it com- one in 250 in Scandinavian. So. Yeah. So there's pretty <clears throat> a decent chance that that I could have something like that. Uh, if it comes back and they're like, no, you don't have any of these genetic factors. I mean, you can't convince what? me that it has nothing. And yeah, that in that case. Perfect, yeah. There's no way I believe it has nothing to do with COVID right. and or the vaccine. Yeah. I just don't buy that if I don't have a yeah. genetic factor. But yeah, we will find out in a few that. months. Deep vein thrombosis, DVT. Oh, God. Uh, Mint 20 salute to listener, Matt. Welcome to the club. You'll hate every minute of it here in the DVT club. It sucks, but you will power through deep vein thrombosis. I wasn't going to out Mint, but since he's outing himself, yeah, this is another case... Is he another one? That's what he's saying. Welcome to the DVT club. Ugh. And so, yeah. I, oh, I, I just didn't know if you had any like specific knowledge on this mint character. Well, I, I I don't want to say anything that he's not saying, but I'm just saying in this audience, there are multiple people of a similar young-ish male demographic uh, who are getting these leg blood clots for completely unexplained reasons. That's true. I have it on good authority that mint got one in his groin and then it made his dick fall off. I didn't hear that, but I hope <laughs> Sorry, that's not Mint. the case. <laughs> that's, not, that's not true. Paul Porter. Thank you both. Move from New Mexico to West Virginia because of you. Love it. Doing much better. Blonde. How do you keep your nose looking so thin and supple? Matt, why do you hate all my favorite movies? Yes. The best part about pushing this baby out is that, um, God willing, my nose will go back to its pre Kaniga size. And one day, I maybe I'll be hot again. We'll see. Um, Jay says, I, <laughs> I saw uh, The Exorcist. As far as, as far as movies, I don't know oh, if he's talking about The Exorcist or not. I assume you are. Uh, but if, if, you, if you are, I don't want to be accused of hatred just like uh, Groundhog Day, where I give a movie a three and then I'm accused of hating it. Because I did not hate The Exorcist. I just didn't enjoy it for the reasons I think they wanted me to enjoy it. So I can't award a high score on that basis. 
But I, I was entertained. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> except for the start, I was not falling asleep. But that start did suck. Okay, I saw the Exorcist in seventy millimeter in the nineties. It was awesome. Blonde, you're at peak nose. I'm talking Kathleen Turner after plastic surgery levels of nose. You guys, I know I'm retaining a lot of water. I even I tried even to contour it. I got to see Kathleen Turner. Okay. Wow, that did get wide for her. I've never seen someone widen their nose in this way. Why'd yeah. she do that? I don't know. Maybe she just had a nine-pound baby, okay? <laughs> yeah. You motherfuckers. Uh, Angel of RNG, uh, RNG Jesus? RNG Jesus? Um, Blonde, if your husband demanded you to vote for his candidate of choice, does the principle of following your husband or the principle of women not voting take place? Mm. The principle of following your husband probably does. He does encourage me to vote. But we have different levels of faith in the American experiment, he and I. So generally, we do not talk about it. What if he just gives you the backhand? Yeah. Shut up, bitch! <laughs> oh my then will you do it? If he gives you a command, will you do it? If my husband starts to beat me, would I vote? No. Probably file for divorce and take half. No, I mean, like, stuff. I mean, verbally speaking, like if he said you will vote, I. I do it. Okay. Yeah. It's not that I demand. Deal. Hmm. Yeah. Um, two dogs, Mike D. I think that's why they say suspend a campaign instead of terminate because it allows candidates to go back in if they want. I suppose they're so embarrassing, you know? I suppose there's probably truth to that. I mean, let, let's look up the dictionary definition of suspend. But in my mind, it does have a have like a temporary connotation. You're right. Yeah. Uh, definition number one, according to the Oxford Dictionary, temporarily prevent from continuing. OK, so door left open. Fair point. Oh, OK. Uh, where was I? Oh, seal egg. Um, I definitely believe the DBT is related to COVID. My wife's an ICU uh, nurse practitioner and said that x-rays of patients were often riddled with blood clots. Remember, vaccines mimic viruses. That's true. I Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I, I can't say anything with certainty now, obviously, because I haven't had the testing. But get back to me. I think my, my testing is scheduled for the first week in March to look at my calendar. But we're about six weeks away. And as soon as I get that testing information back, which, by the way, I, I will be public about to the extent that, like, I mean, I don't know what I would hide about it, but I'll I'll discuss exactly what the results yeah. are. So people are aware. I, I, I want to be public about it because, like I said, whether or not it's true, it just seems to me like there's a weird number of men of my demographic experiencing this. And I want to find them because every yeah. the stories I've heard so far, you go in and you're like, Hey, this is really weird. And the doctors say, no, no, it's definitely not that. Don't worry. It's yeah. definitely not that. Oh wait, it's that. But you think that they would have seen it enough in practice that they would be like, yeah, it, it could be. Um, yeah, maybe, I guess that's the counter, but because they'll just get sued for missing the diagnosis. So like they do have an incentive hmm. to, um, to refer you, especially, uh, Laurel says, I love you. We love you too. Laurel. Um, Thank you, Laurel. Jacko. Hope we right. love you. You're very special. You've seen Side Scrollers? It's a $1 version of Beauty and the Beta with guests like Razor Fist and Melanie Mack. You should go on and show how edgy humor bits are actually done since Blonde is the edge queen. I would not call myself that. 
Someone has stolen our bit. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I hate to tell you, but we are the do- the dollar store version of the original Beauty and the Beta. That's this. Yeah. No, I don't if know. If you're a dollar store version of Beauty and the Beta, then you're the one cent version. Yeah, that's deep yeah. discount for sure. But I'll for remind sure. you, we've had Razor Fist on this show, but the full version was on your channel. <sighs> so we're not, you know, we're right there. Oh, God. Can you read a few of these? Yeah. I need to uh, thanks, Jacko. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I don't know the show, seriously speaking. But uh, I like to claim that I invented the idea of male and female co-hosts talking politics. Anyone else who takes it just, you know, ripped us off. It is a really common dynamic. <laughs> Esoterica Unbound. Now that all of the adults and Vivek have left the room, this election is going to be a shit show. No one is left to be persuaded about only or either one of Tony Fauci's uh, organ grinder monkeys, I guess is what yeah. that is. Uh, I'm just going to, it's just going to be tribal conflict. Yeah. I, I wish that wasn't the case, but I agree. It's the same way. I just said that if Trump died tomorrow, I wouldn't believe it. And I'm going to try to approach this rationally and demand evidence in the way that I think we all should. But my level of trust for institutions of the Democrat party and institutions of power in DC is so low I I worry that even with evidence, I won't be able to accept what they say because they've lied so much. I don't know. I'll have to figure out a way to check myself on that. But I I take your point. Like no matter what happens, half the country won't believe it's legit. And that that's a recipe for major conflict. Greg Huey says, please blonde, feel free to be a little more natural. Lay off the, uh, the rogue. Or the rouge. rouge. Rouge, sorry. Rouge. And embrace your God-given beauty. Fuck the feds. <laughs> to be boys. fair, it's really dark in my bathroom, and I was inspired by those southern prostitutes from the movie last week ah. when I did my makeup. So <laughs> You liked that look in the AI art, huh? I did, yeah. So, it, so it's a surprise when they come knocking. All right, well, thank you for the advice, Greg. I'll oh. it. Arisen Ryan. Hey, Blonde. You may still have a shot at a Sports Illustrated cover if you apply today. Pretty much exactly what they're looking for. No, Blonde is uh, Blonde is still a, a normal female. Yeah. They're not interested. I think in that. they would they would frown upon uh, a forty seven week pregnant woman. <laughs> Jonathan Prezios, thank you, Ryan. Uh, to be honest, guys, I'm actually not for charging Alec Baldwin because you actually need to prove to me that he knew that the gun was even real. The chick is to blame as she is the only one that is responsible. Uh, there's I, an argument I, to be made there. I, I can't really accept that, though, because what's the difference between that and anyone else who who recklessly points a gun? Oh, I didn't know it was real. I guess the argument would be on a, on a, a movie set that you have a certain level of expectations about props. It not being real, yeah. But you also know, Alec Baldwin knows from years of experience with firearms on set, including at this set, that they are real guns that are shooting blanks. Yeah, he knows that he knows they're real guns. I don't think that there's uh, I, I would push back on the idea that he doesn't know that they're real. I think and maybe this is what you mean, Jonathan. He doesn't know that there's live ammo in the gun. I can't imagine disputing that he doesn't know they're real based on his experience. The dispute would yeah. be whether the ammunition is real, but I'll, I'll you know, I'll take your point at its strongest there. Um, yeah, I mean, my from my perspective. The pointing of a gun, regardless of context, comes with certain responsibilities. If you point a gun at a person, you are responsible for any round that leaves that barrel and whatever it hits. 
And that's true whether you're training yourself out at the range with your buddies, just as true as it is if you're making a movie with them. Let me put it this way. And I think we talked about this at the time. If instead of Alec Baldwin and some kind of, I know this was sort of a low budget movie, but relatively speaking, it's a large production with established people and a lot of money in play. Uh, if instead this was like a bunch of, uh, I don't know, college kids making some stupid joke Western for their college film class. And one of them pointed a gun at the other and shot him with a revolver in the exact same way. Do you think that that guy's not getting charged? I, th- I think he is. I think that they would yeah. say that that is uh, a reckless behavior that resulted in a death in exactly the way that they're charging Alec Baldwin right now. Uh, do I think Alec Baldwin is a murderer? No. But do I think that Alec Baldwin, in both his pointing of the gun and his management of that set overall, because remember was he was a producer, yeah. that yeah, that he he showed a certain level of recklessness that makes him culpable, in my opinion. Now, if I want to push back on that, is there a certain level of political animosity I have for Alec Baldwin on the basis of what he's had <laughs> to sure. say about gun owners otherwise? Acknowledged. Yeah. Uh, I think that for all the lectures we've taken about gun safety from a guy like him, for him to kill a person with a gun does make me want punishment for him on that basis alone. (laughs) But I'm not just arguing about that. I'm arguing about the nature of the law and the moral components here. Um, But I'll, but I'll take your point. I mean, I would certainly grant that. I don't think he acted with intent. I don't think he was, I don't think he went to work that day thinking like it's time to kill that bitch or something like that. Although there are people who remember that it was like believe the, that, yeah. the husband was connected to Hillary or some, some yep, stuff like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Uh, Mark Wiseman, the Biden administration finally admitted today that we lost two SEAL Team 6 members a week ago during an, inter, an interdiction of Iranian arms on route, uh, on route to the Houthis. That's right. I forgot. There are just two SEALs lost at sea. And it was they intercepted some weapons of Iranian I, don't, I forget if they were coming from Iran or going to Iran, but these guys were just lost into the ocean. Terrible. And, uh, mom is the word. But uh, we'll have to get the hooties in revenge. Thank you for that. It's it's uh, an important piece in the news, obviously, and it deserves recognition. Thank you, Mark. Citizen 7, I'm starting to get the feeling that uh, CR no longer means continuing resolution. It means caving Republicans. Well, it definitely has that effect. <laughs> Two-bit podcast. This is a two-part, so I will allow it. Uh, Big Bottom Girls Make the Corrupt Kangaroo Court World Go Round. Okay. The spirit of the age is the vengeful son. Strickland is an avatar for that energy. I don't know these references, but I like Strickland's energy. So I will I will uh, certainly allow praise for that. Thank you, Two-Bit Podcast. Injured Guardian Blonde. He went home and he slept like a baby. Me, this being Strickland again. He woke up every two hours screaming for food and attention. That must have been interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we're learning that. Uh, we're reminded of that reality in my house right now, and Blonde will be reminded of that very soon. Um, God willing. But thankfully, my lovely wife handles those responsibilities, as is much appreciated. Ugh. All right. Uh, Esoterica Unbound also says, I'm old enough to remember when homosexuality was called the love that dare not speak its name. It has now become the kink that can't shut up about <laughs> can't <laughs> shut up about itself for five fucking minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've even heard the, have you heard the argument from gays that it was being gay was better when they were closeted too? Like they liked it yeah, better because yeah, it was yeah. the mischief factor was 
higher, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, they're like, it was just way hotter. Yeah, so whatever. The forbidden aspect of it. Uh, it was better for gays. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, point. To, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, that's exactly how I feel. I, as someone who thought that legal equality was important in this context, you know, a decade ago, and as someone who remains, I'm not. Obviously, I don't think gay marriage and and traditional marriage are the exact same thing. They're not. I still am not in favor of the state coming down on these people and like putting people in jail for sodomy yeah. or something like that. But as someone who bought into the principles of legal equality a decade ago, I mean, I, yeah, I feel completely duped by all of this. Rick Santorum was absolutely right. You open that door and all of a sudden it's not just like, hey, do whatever you want at your own house. It's you will clap at the parade or or you'll be shamed like Cersei totally. in, yep. in Game of Thrones. So yep. yeah, they, they, just being left alone was not a good enough deal. They had, they, they won everybody over on that deal and then changed the terms of the deal. Darth Vader style. Knuckle hunky buck. It's too bad. Robin doesn't show up in the chat anymore. I bet Banksy and I could compete in a super chat back and forth, spicy and dirty <laughs> enough to make Brond go into labor live on air. Robin is still around though. I've, I've heard from Robin. I know she's, uh, she is still in the neighborhood, so don't worry. And thank you, Mr. Hunky Buck. Let's see. I got a refresh. Do you have it ready to go? No. I'm having pretty bad contractions. Right all right. Now. Uh, just, all right, I got it. <sighs> oh, wait. Okay, now I got it. <laughs> AP. Blonde. Did you read uh, this one about your pube soap? Yet? No, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Blonde, give birth to your child already. Also, take my money. Matt, keep up the great work. Well, Thank you. Appreciate that very much. Uh, I love. We love you. You're very special. This is a careful one, too. I love Blake. I can't even read the first part. And that's not even the trap. I love big black hawk cock pits. I, I am what? terrified to navigate it any quicker than that. Uh, I wish we didn't have to select from a bunch of Zionists for president. But that's probably a rabbi hole. You can't go down without consequences. There were a lot of good jokes about the uh, the tunnels in New York, Ninja Turtle related things and such. Uh, the it clown was referenced. Uh, rabbi hole. That was that was a good pun as well. Knuckle hunky buck. There's no concern because the children aren't made of pipe. Oh, if it was a child bomb, then they would need to worry. This is one of those advanced hunky bucks that I know it's there. It's just my two hour stream brain can't handle it. Are we retarded? The, the children aren't made of pipe. If it no. were a child bomb. Uh, I don't know. You got me on that one. I've, it's probably hilarious and my stupid brain can't handle it. I appreciate it, man. Aggie Jet Pilot. Appreciate your support for the show. Uh, Polaris. Told you how my then wife tricked me to go to Kuwait so she could bring another man into my son's life. Yay, divorce. Want to tell you a friend introduced me to my now girlfriend. She's a wonderful Christian woman with two sweet kids. Well, Godspeed, man. I I think I mentioned this the first time that you referenced this. Um, the, The sort of women who use their military husbands for certain benefits and then bail. Uh, yeah. there is a special depth of hell for those, oh, yeah. for those women. Oh, yeah. for sure. And, uh, I, I hope the best for you. I hope, and obviously, um, hope the best for your son. I mean, everything that's going on with your son is the most important thing. So I, I hope that he is given the home that he deserves, but, uh, me too. 
I'm, I'm sorry that your wife lost track of that. That's really heartbreaking. And all the best to you. I hope that I hope that you have found and get exactly what you deserve. He also says, "May God bless both. Uh, may God bless you both and your families. Thank you for the consistent sanity, safe space during the worst two years of my life." Blonde, I'm praying your daughter comes happy and healthy soon. God bless. Well, God Thank bless you. you too, man. And uh, sorry this has happened, but I I trust you'll navigate it the best that you can. Xander. We're really going with an 80-year-old man who already lost to a, to an older senile man now until the election 24-7 coverage solely on Trump's indictments and the right-wingers, uh, the right-wonders, rather, why they always lose. Yeah, um, I, I get that. I get, obviously, like, it's been a bad streak lately. Um, and I, I, my question is, can anybody really win? Like. I want to see the show, the Trump show. And that's why I'm voting Trump because I want to see the, the movie. How does this movie end? I just have yeah. no delusion that like Trump is going to go to DC and fix it all. That's not, that's not what I, that's not the expectation with which I'm voting. I'm voting solely for the entertainment and the show. Um, but to me, if we're going to say like, oh, picking Trump is a guaranteed loss. I guess my response is as opposed to what? Now it's to a counterfactual. I guess I'd have to see it if, if DeSantis and I, I don't know who you're supporting Xander, but I'm just throwing DeSantis out there. Uh, if DeSantis was the nominee and I could watch that play out hypothetically, does he actually win the white house and walk in and Democrats go, well, he won fair and square. We'll get him next time. Or is the same machine just going to be aimed at him instead? You know, the answer to that. I mean, I would, I would guess the latter, of course. So, I, I certainly grant the premise that the right is on a losing streak. I guess my question is, is that solely due to their own political tactics, in this case, picking Trump, or is that due at least in part to other underhanded things going on behind the scenes? I think it's multifactorial. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive either. I just I guess what I'm saying is I'm not convinced that anybody is capable of winning the White House against the entrenched powers that oppose someone like Trump or DeSantis walking in there. Even if they are, they don't actually have any institutional power. So who cares? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I'll take your point, man. And just enjoy the show. That's, that's what we all have to do. Long dong, John regarding Strickland. When you get your teeth punched in for a living, you probably have a very different perspective on clowns like that reporter than he'd have if he was working uh, the wage cage 9,000. That's true. Totally, but I, I like yeah. to, I like to see it, you know, in the same way, um, that that when my son was born a month or so ago, when I was having some regret about not confronting that doctor who was wearing the trans pin, this is exactly the sort of stuff I want to see. It's like if you're in position to push back on that stuff, do it, do it. And yep. Strickland like Strickland is who I should have been in that moment. And that's why I respect yeah. it. I fully grant that like not everybody's in position to take that risk. Because you have a job to protect, you have, you know, your enrollment at school to protect, whatever. If you're able to challenge these people, challenge them. And he <sighs> did. Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck, Nikki Haley doesn't look Indian. Be <laughs> Sorry. N Knuckle Hunky Buck, Nikki Haley doesn't look Indian because she had a Pajit delete. <laughs> a Pajit delete. <laughs> 
that is funny. Classic. Oh my god, I gotta tell my mom about this. He also says Ouija boards don't make people possessed. Copies of Monopoly do. After four hours of playing Monopoly, I always want to projectile vomit, vomit pea soup all over everyone. Have you ever played with a Ouija board? Yeah. I am. I'm legitimately freaked out by them, and not because of my own experience in it answering questions with my hands on it. The freaky experience I had was at a uh, a party when I was in college at a house full of friends of friends, none of whom knew me. And they were asking questions about me to the Ouija board. I've never met these people in my life. And it was answering them correctly. It was like they all knew that you had a micro penis. It was that. But no, I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> they asked like questions like what street do your parents live on? And it spelled it out like that. And it was freaky. Ouija boards. I don't mess with them. I think someone was fucking with you, bro. I don't think they were. These people, I've never met these people in my life. Pajit delete. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Knuckle hunky book. You are so clever. Back to what matters. Not my stupid Ouija board fear, I guess. Because right? they were fucking with you. No, you I got... believe in demons after that. I'm telling you, this was. That's obviously the correct conclusion to draw after. Some... You're, you're going to deny demons in the world. Yeah. That we... Tell All me. I can say is that I, to date, have only been possessed by two demons. So. So you should no. believe I'm How telling real? you Ouija boards are messed up, but that's a story for another day. Knuckle hunky buck says also says Matt's pube soap is a hoax. We all know he's bald as a baby down there. There's just beard hairs. He puts in the soap. I mean, there's very little, I guess I have very pube like <laughs> beard hairs, so you could hardly tell. Oh. And you, you wouldn't be able to know which is which point taken. Uh, all right. Oh, I think uh, just one more here from Jonathan Prezios. Uh, so let's go with your scenario. A bunch of kids go airsofting and shooting each other. Someone running the event swaps out an airsoft for a real one in that. I still don't think the kids would be at fault, but that's not, that's not a comparable scenario because in, in this situation with Alec Baldwin in the set, they're always using real capable firearms. They're yeah. not using fake guns that don't in fact operate. They're always using real firearms that are fully capable of firing. Not always, rounds. but yeah. well in, in this set they are and commonly on movie sets they are um if alec baldwin had any reasonable expectation like that that hey normally we have airsoft guns i would grant the point but he didn't they were they had been using real guns the whole time yeah and alec baldwin has frequent experience with real guns um i would also say too like in this situation too there there would be a distinction between kids and adults in the the case that i'm talking about where it's college kids i'm still talking about adult people people who are over the age of 18 children handling guns you know if a child has an accidental discharge that kills a person i'm not saying we throw that child in prison there's a we handle that differently um but yeah i would i would just have to dispute the analogy jonathan but i take i i appreciate you going to bat for alec baldwin someone's (laughs) got to so thank you for filling that role and uh, thanks for supporting the show as well. All right. Uh, I think we're all set on YouTube and Tippy. Looks good on Rumble. DLive, we're set. Uh, there's a couple more on Odyssey here. Mike Hawk, 420 Blazing is back. Zyklon, <laughs> Zyklon Breeze is the best name credit to Darth Jones. Blonde Soap, Zyklon Breeze. <laughs> Mike also says, Wednesday is my birthday. The only famous person that has it is Neil Diamond. And now I feel bad for being born on the same day as a F slur. Why does everyone hate Neil Diamond now? What did he do? Because he sucks. What? He, he's, he's, what did he do that sucks so bad? I mean, I'm not a fan of his music, but 
Why is he? Why is he bad? Don't make me talk about. It. I, I want to know because I don't get it. What, what's the bit that I don't understand? What Neil Diamond acts like he's it's like a like Americana. Yeah. Is Neil Diamond subversive? Is that what you're saying? Neil Diamond is, is an op. He, Neil he, Diamond is subversive. a psyop. He's a subversive banker type. That is true. <laughs> I've never heard Neil Diamond is a. All right, fine. Well, I'm still coming to America. I don't know about you. I'm just you. saying. Was, do, do you ever look at his face and you're like, no. never? No, I have not evaluated the geometry of his face to decide if he's trustworthy or not. I've not. That's not an activity in which I've engaged. Just saying, it's a, it's a very useful tool. All right, I'll have to take your word for it. Imagine if you could know if you could trust somebody before ever even talking to them. That's the kind of tool I'm talking about here. Injured, Injured Guardian <laughs> says, did Neil hide my super chat again? Well, I will search it. Let's see. No, I read that one earlier. The one about sleeping like a baby, right? Yeah. Let me, uh, I did. I did get that one, Injured Guardian, but real quick. I I'll, thought I read that one. Yeah, yeah I'll circle back uh, on the <sighs> chats. Hold on. I'm signed into the wrong YouTube account here. This is going to take... This is going to take a second, bro. If we, if I am at the show next week, hold on, I'm going to get there. What are we going to do? Oh, if you, you're going to be here next week. I just got to find this chat. I can't, I can't. I can't do it anymore. And yet here you are each and every week. Uh, hold on. Injured guardian. Okay. Let's see. We had the latest one. Bond went home, slept like a baby. And then the last one was from the last stream. So yeah, we got it. That was a long way to get to the answer, which is we, we, Neil did not, Neil Mahan did not hide your chat injured guardian. We got to it, but uh, thank you for inquiring. And of course, thanks for supporting the show. All right. I think we're all set. Let me give a quick refresh. We'll call it a night. And maybe this is uh, this is the final stream before this pregnancy is is actually over. Who knows? Uh, Dude, I'm gonna go walk on the treadmill. This this is happening tonight. It, it could it be tonight. Okay, yeah, we're all set. All right. Well, appreciate everyone joining tonight. As always, thank you kindly for your uh, your chats and your super chats and all your various jokes and points of clarification and even your enthusiastic defenses of Alec Baldwin. Appreciate all of it. And um, of course, if you uh, if you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly for supporting the show as well. If you need more to listen to, as I mentioned, I've got some interviews that are over on my Wednesday night show on Tenant Media, uh, as well as other material you can find over on the website mattchristensenmedia.com or mattis.gay. It's all right there on the homepage for you to check out. Uh, of course, we also have the audio show of the show too the audio show of the show. You get what I mean? There's a podcast feed. You want to listen audio only. There's some extra material on that too. Podcast page of the website. Uh, anything else? Check out the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday. Maybe, I don't know. Blonde might have given birth by then, but I'll be back oh at least. Cause if it's Sunday, it's not meet the press. It is the Matt and blonde show. Yep. Have a good night.